Salutations, my friends, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noisera, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer, and I have titled this episode, Generational Conditioning, Climate Emergencies, and Satanic Subversion. Why? Well, spoiler alert, at the very end, in the final segment, we cover how an abortionist has found, uh, how, how abortionists has died, and police found over 2,000 remains of, of aborted baby tissue. It is, it is truly a crazy story. But before that, we talk about Beto O'Rourke coming for your guns, New Zealanders facing up to five years for not turning in their guns, as well as Greta Thunberg, uh, the darling delight of the European elites, coming to America to deliver a speech about climate change, as well as Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez talking about Miami sinking if they don't do the new Green Deal. We're also getting into uh, Jordy Rose of Quantum D-Wave Computers talking about how, with AI... We're summoning the entities who treat us like ants. This is truly a power-packed episode, an information jam transmission to make up for the week that we missed, as well as the Instagram live that we did not do this week. And with that being said, let's start the show. Salutations, my friends, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noise Era, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer, and I have prepared an opening statement for this episode. This weekend, after the Proud Boys protest with Bradley Burris to crush the opposition on Fellowship and Freedom, I spoke about how we are degenerating at an exponential rate. This is not untrue, unfortunately. I was speaking in such a fervor that I couldn't control the way that the passion came out, but that doesn't negate the validity of the statement. If we are ever to understand the steps that are needed to save ourselves, we must learn the nature of regeneration. We are truly degenerating into something that is akin to a beast, or the Baphomet, as some of our listeners would have you believe. You see, we are under assault from an ancient adversarial force which seeks to use its God-given right to subvert our divinity. Remember as we go along in this episode that Lucifer, before he fell to the earth and became Satan, was once a proud angel amongst the cast of heaven. It was only after he had fallen, after he had transgressed and committed his blasphemy, that he fell to earth and became the deceiver known as Satan. His whole goal is to usurp God and establish his own rule. He has no desire to rule in heaven. Instead, he would prefer to turn earth into his own private hell. Now. Back to the issue of degeneration. We've spoken before about Satan's inability to create and how he must capture, control, and convert people to create his army of the damned. Well, in order for this to take place, an agreement has to be made between the captee and the captor. Whenever we've agreed to take the Apple, the iPhone, with its now censored knowledge of good and evil, and we choose to engage in the ways of this world, we are willingly choosing to abide by the laws of this realm not the laws of reality. Whenever we choose to take part in the revelry of society, we truly are turning ourselves into degenerates. That is why we've been programmed to seek after the wicked and vile and run from the supreme good. You see, humans are naturally designed to be helpful, compassionate creatures. We have been given logos, reason, intellect, and so much more that it has to be counted as a blessing. Now, when certain people tell you that man is no different than any other animal, that man is a beast, these are only half-truths. Man, as he is now, 
is but another mammal in the realm. Yes, however, what resides in man is not of this realm. It is these half-truths that will lead certain people to seek after divinity in dogs or spirituality in the serpent rather than acknowledging the creation of all from which we all come. These half-truths are what lead us astray. I'm sure you're asking right now, what are the half-truths? Well, what is censorship? What is fake news? What is misinformation? All of these are tools of the modern-day Ministry of Truth, Fedbook, and so-called Big Tech. Humanity's ability to pull wisdom from the divine has been obstructed by these institutions, which offer half-truths and candy-coated lies. It is this deliberate form of deception which the serpent, the original deceiver, put forth to Adam and Eve. Genesis chapter 3, verse 5. It says, For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And with that being said, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to this edition. We have an information-packed episode lined up for you guys. Uh, last week, as we were recording, the Democrat debates went down, and we had Beto O'Rourke talking about, hell yes, we're coming for your guns, only for this week, uh, a video to come out about New Zealanders facing five years in jail for not turning in their firearms. We have a lot of different things to discuss with you good people, and all of it is essentially to break down where we are at in the New World Order agenda. With the one world religion, the one world government, and so much more, the one world army, this globalization thing. You see, I think a lot of people get things confused. They think that we're here for news. I think we're here to inform you and educate you about everything that's going on. You see. People, <laughs> people, people want to make villains. They want to look at the boogeymen because they're afraid to look at the core of reality and actually see what's going on. If we want to start with change, we have to start with ourselves. And no one can ever tell you about the change. You have to be ready to make it. We have a lot of different things to discuss with you guys. This is seriously going to be a very information-packed episode, and I think the best way to kick it off is to just get started. So let's get this video up of Beto O'Rourke at the Democrat presidential debates talking about, hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15. And the reason I say this is because this man, as I've said time and time again, reminds me of a sociopath, uh, and I have reasons behind that as well. Uh, but here is Beto O'Rourke saying, hell yeah. We're going to take your AR-15. Are you proposing taking away their guns, and how would this work? I am. If it's a weapon that was designed to kill people on a battlefield, if the high-impact, high-velocity round, when it hits your body, shreds everything inside of your body because it was designed to do that so that you would bleed to death on a battlefield and not be able to get up and kill one of our soldiers, when we see that being used against children, and in Odessa, I met the mother of a 15-year-old girl who was shot by an AR-15, mm -hmm. and that mother watched her bleed to death over the course of an hour because so many other people were shot by that AR-15 in Odessa and Midland. There weren't enough ambulances to get to them in time. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15, your AK-47. We're not going to allow it to be used against our fellow Americans anymore. Are you... Yeah, what's crazy is most of those people uh, were actually children. And ironically enough, right around the same time, just a, a day before a day before Sandy Hook School recently released a campaign video talking about the, the dangers of gun violence. 
uh, you know, I'm watching this video and I'm, I'm replaying it and I'm really kind of seeing where they're taking us. They're using emotions to bait and switch us. They, they truly are. Uh, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of things going on here with Beto. Uh, he's, he's, he's sketchy. And if you guys watch the debates, you watch the Beto suck face, the, the Beto suck fest is me. As, as <laughs> the Beto suck fest as well as I did, where everybody just basically gave it to him. Uh, and so that's not what I want to see. What I want to see is an actual discussion about ideas and what we're going to do about these types of things. As I said before, uh, just last week, they used the children to put forth these ideas. David Hogg was the reason that we lost almost four years worth of content on our original YouTube. And then we'll be getting into this later on in the actual show. Greta Thunberg, she is the next one that they are propping up. Uh, remember whenever we talked about on the show how many environmentalists were killed each week. Yeah, Greta Thunberg, she's getting a free boat ride all the way here to America, shows up inside of Congress, protests with all kinds of people. Don't you worry, we'll get, it, we'll get into people being created and being given this power to be able to whip people into a frenzy. And that's exactly what Beto is. He is designed to whip people into a fervor. He is designed to say incendiary things. He's designed to prey on your emotions the same way Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is. You see, this is why I told you that we have to get used to these people. That's why they're included in this segment, generational conditioning. They're coming for your guns. They are trying to turn law-abiding citizens into criminals for not wanting to basically follow an, unconstitu an unconstitutional law. You have sheriffs here in New Mexico who are not following this, but you also have uh, police officers in separate branches of the police, of law enforcement, that are designed to watch these red flag laws in California and come confiscate your guns. They are purposely keeping these types of incidences from the news so that they can create this perception of what's actually going on. You see. So here, I'm going to play for you guys this next clip, uh, and this is this week that happened uh, in New Zealand, where people are essentially turning in their guns. It's the buyback program. Uh, but the, the, the catch is is that if New, Zealand, New Zealanders don't turn in their guns, if they don't turn in those banned firearms, they're facing five years. So talk about an ultimatum and talk about half-truths. Uh, but here, let's get this video up for you guys. Following the deadly attack in Christchurch, the country's Labour government launched a national buyback scheme, offering financial compensation to people who surrender their guns before the 20th of December. As part of tougher gun laws, most semi-automatic weapons and high-capacity magazines are now banned. Since the program kicked off in mid-July, more than 19,000 firearms have been handed in and 21 million euros paid out. There are some people that are very emotional with some of, some of their firearms and we accept that and uh, we'll do everything to respect that. We make the process as easy and as simple as possible for them. Where the firearms are old and been handed down through the family, it's quite an impact on them to actually have to give that firearm after many years or generations been in that family. The contentious crackdown and subsequent debate have divided not only New Zealand, but the firearm community itself, some 250,000 gun license holders. Yeah. Following the deadly attack in Christchurch... And if you pay attention to uh, what the constable said right there, the gentleman, the police officer, what he said right there is, I can understand that people are a little bit of sentimental uh, being attached to their guns. I can understand that. We're trying to make this as... as uh, we're trying to make this as easy as possible, is basically what he's trying to say. He, he's basically saying, I don't care that you're sentimental and that you uh, have your great-grandfather's gun from World War II. We're still going to confiscate it, you see. And you're still going to face that ban. 
You see, these are the laws that they will enforce. And so better pay attention, America. It's coming here. And the, for the veterans and the law enforcement, the intelligence officers and everybody else that's listening, when when this does happen and whenever it's out here in the news, you can think people like Beto. You can, you can think all these people who are coming for your guns. You can think about all the other things that are going to happen after that as well. And then what happens whenever you have a disarmed population? What happens? Because right now, they realize there's resistance. This is why I've told you before in the previous episode, they want to use the First Amendment to take your Second Amendment. Right now, we have a layer of defense, a hedge of protection. That's why they put these things at the, at the top of the Constitution to make sure that you knew what you were fighting for, right? So you could stand for these things. That's, what the, whole, that's, that's the whole reason why we have a Second Amendment, is to protect ourselves from a tyrannical government. <laughs> but people don't understand the roots they don't understand history and so that's why they are doomed to repeat it you see this is a this is a very very interesting situation so how does this tie into generational conditioning they have the, 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 <laughs> they these people are sick if you guys want to understand the roots of this and why this is unfortunately uh, something that's not new go look up Bill Cooper's uh, Behold a Pale White Horse he wrote this book back in like the 90s when I was still a toddler talking about how they were going to carry out mass shootings to figure out a way to disarm the public, or to, to disarm the public. They have to figure out a way to get people to voluntarily give up their guns. They can't just come and take them. That's, that's, why, that's why they always say no one's going to come and take your guns. The wordplay, the word magic of what it is, we're going to figure out a way for you to voluntarily give up your guns. You may have noticed that sometime during this week, gun sales shot up. Various stores uh, had the, the Beto special where they where they basically sold out in like four hours. <laughs> I can't help but think that part of this is, is is some elaborate ruse to figure out a way to incarcerate or criminalize uh, that warrior class, that protective class, that militia class of people. I can't help but think that the, the that with the reverse psychology of today's politics and just the the, the way that they the way they do things, I can't help but think that part of this is being designed. To figure out a way to go after people who want to who who, who want to be constitutionalists, who want to protect America, and things like this, uh, and so that's what I mean by generational conditioning. You have people that are that are diehard Americans, tied to the country. They have legacy, history, and all this here, and you can see them importing all kinds of different people from all around the world to destroy America from within. They are legitimately using our openness against us. So that they can rob us of the identity that created the openness. Remember, just last week, I told you guys the very uh, the very founding fathers would not be of America would not be uh, welcome in today's society, in today's America, the same way that the original Christians would not be uh, welcomed by modern day Christians. This is how far into the future we are. Twenty twenty is right around the home, or right around the corner. So let's talk about this because twenty twenty is right around the corner. Agenda twenty one, agenda twenty thirty. Because they are importing all kinds of different people from all over the world. Because we are, we're now talking about these, these human settlements. These, these populated areas. Unfortunately, we're beginning to talk about things such as uh, overpopulation, which I, I truly think is a myth. Because we are moving into this day, this day and age of the scientific dictatorship, uh, the technocracy, you know, the new world order, the one world religion, and so much more. The global citizen, the destruction of borders. We really have to think about what this looks like. You see, I'm going to play for you guys real quick a, a video. We talked about it here on the show before, but it made more rounds, and I think it deserves a, a, a another look. 
CNN had promoted this concept of living in a pod for $1,200. And I'm sure prices out there in California aren't doing too hot, getting like a one-bedroom one apartment. But they promoted living in these things called the pod shares. So just run with me on this. Imagine you don't have guns. You see them already trying to rob you of your privacy, having everything being surveilled and watched from, you, from your phone to your TV to your neighbors, everything. They want to force you into a pod to where you are, uh, to where you are essentially constantly surveilled. They, you hear people like Mark, Mark Zuckerberg tell you that, that that privacy is archaic. You you see the the world they're trying to do, how they're trying to condition us to be open and accepting and loving, and how this is a forced concept. This is a forced ideology, and I just I guess I don't I'm not down for it. Uh, but I'm going to play for you guys a quick clip that details what it would be like to live in this pod city where tenants are paying roughly 1200 bucks a month to rent these. They're essentially bunk beds, glorified bunk beds. And the person that created it comes from the Soviet Union. So they're used to this. You see, the idea, and you have to understand this because it plays a huge part in what we'll talk about in the next segment. The idea is that America, largesse, grandioso, living, living, living life large, that's bad. That upsets people. We, can't, we have too much freedom here. We just passed. Uh, we just passed the 18th anniversary of September 11th, right? They, we were told they hate us for our freedoms. Well, what's going on? They, they hate us for the lifestyle that we've created, the world that we've created, the things that we're doing, and so they have to figure out how to demoralize us and put us into a state of subservience. And what better way than to essentially put us in these cages? PodShare is affordable shared housing that we build across Los Angeles, and here in San Francisco is our first site. The idea, it's membership-based housing, so if you book a pod, you can stay across the whole network of locations. I was born in the USSR in 1985. My whole concept was like the idea of the government giving you everything in a communist state. What if you could subscribe to a housing membership and have all your needs met? In the fridge, there should just be like cereal, ramen, you know, collegiate foods, and there should be, always be toothpaste and toilet paper and just these basic things that you just need to live, like they should just be handled for you. And that's kind of the concept of PodShare. You just share pods across a network with people that become your friends. <laughs> This location has two bathrooms, and this one's currently being used. <laughs> so I won't show you the bathroom, but I will show you the pods. In each pod, you can see here, there's obviously a mattress, pillows, linens, your essentials. This is my pod right here. As most people know, like housing in San Francisco is chaos. I founded a company called Flipmass. We do Instagram influencer advertising. Our business does pretty well. I actually pay myself really conservatively. I earn about $3,000 per month. I tried living in San Francisco on that budget. I was able to do it, but it was really, really hard. Podshare model is really for myself, which is solo, single, no children, no pets. You know, like I'm really just building something I want to live in. As a software engineer, I can definitely afford this place. I can have savings as well. And at the same time, I am getting all the value that the city holds. When people think of co-living, they might get like taken back a little you know, in the sense that it might be not as much privacy in comparison to if they own a home, but I'm just a bachelor, I'm a newly grad. Those things really don't matter at the moment. So the hardest thing about living in a place like this is that you give up your privacy. That's something that you do have to get used to once you start. By the way, come on through. Oh yeah, yeah, go through. Nice time. <laughs> not a problem. 
but then you find ways to reclaim your privacy. Fortunately, in this location, it's four floors and there are plenty of places to hang out. There are certain things you have to give up when you want to live in the center and, and pay no security deposit, and that's privacy here. I think what people get wrong about PodShare is that the pod is all they have and that they don't have access to like amenities. I've actually had people mock me for this type of living arrangement. I think many people might think that it, I don't know, is it dystopian to like group a bunch of people into one living space? But I think it's one of those don't knock yeah, it till you yeah, try it type of things. I think if prices become more affordable, PodShare will die and that's okay. Because I think it's here to solve a problem and um, if the rents ever became normalized, then then I don't know if a pod share would be necessary because everyone would just get their own private place. And that's okay. So a whole lot of things to look at there. And I would definitely recommend you guys go check it out. If you want, check out... This is your brain when you enjoy a sweet night's sleep on a nectar mattress. I should. I should. I should enjoy a nice, a nice sleep. But if you guys want, I will put the link for that in the description bar below so you can check it out. Uh, if you want to go watch it for yourself. But essentially what it is, is... Uh, glorified renting you know glorified apartments like they said the thing that you're going to have to give up living in a situation like that is your privacy what comes along with that your identity you begin to get molded you get socially engineered you you get <laughs> I, I i guess because i look at things in such a, a individualist voluntary libertarian mindset i think about what the individual would have to go through yeah you're sacrificing your privacy you're sacrificing your secrecy your individuality all to grouped together uh, and I can understand there can there can be arguments made for it I guess my, itch, my 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 point behind putting it in this segment is to show you guys that after they disarm the population they're gonna put you in these little cages and then you're gonna have everything monitored you're gonna have all of it taken care for yeah for sure but they're also gonna see where you're putting your time and your energy the scientific dictatorship it's it's it is something beyond measure and I don't think I can really quite explain it just after doing those two types of articles. So just again, keep this all in mind. Keep this all in mind. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Isn't that what was guaranteed in the Constitution writing? The pursuit of happiness? That's what you do here when you come here? You pursue your happiness? That doesn't sound happy to me. I mean, Calif the, 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 the rent rate in California already, it's too much. So this is this is something else. But I mean, it's a great idea. I see where it's going. Uh, but I guess I'm just extraordinarily cautious because what that means, you know, they're, they're, they're literally trying to condition people into getting used to the minimalist mindset to where you think you don't need anything to where you don't want, you don't want anything, you know, and it's not like we're living in a cyclical synergistic relationship with nature. No, that's, that's what they want in the future, but they have to get you ready for it. Now we're talking about things like the, the, the Georgia Guidestones. Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, Agenda 2050, the New World Order, the technocracy, the sustainable development, being able to put, uh, being able to put people in these affordable housings, you see. Uh, but this, there's, there's a lot of different things with this, and I'm sure we'll come back to it. Uh, but I just want people to understand that that's the plan. They want to be able to disarm you and then put you in a place where they can monitor all of your movements, you see. And this is, this is just something extraordinarily cautious that I think people should pay attention to. Another thing that, I, that, that, that happened last week, ironically enough, on September 11th, was something very interesting along the same lines, <laughs> if, you, if, you, if, you, if you want, of affordable housing right here. Internment camps for the homeless. 
Trump pushes for a crackdown in California. This article is written by Jake Johnson of the Anti-Media. We put this up September 11th. It says, following reports that President Donald Trump is pushing for a, quote, major crackdown on homeless camps or homelessness in California that, that could include destroying existing encampments and moving homeless people in, into government-backed facilities, state lawmakers and progressive housing advocates said that the administration's proposed steps are cruel, politically motivated, and would do nothing to address the very real crisis Trump has exacerbated. <laughs> the, the Washington Post reported Tuesday that Trump ordered White House officials to begin working on, quote, a sweeping effort to address the homelessness crisis in California. As part of the new initiative, Trump administration officials from the Department of Housing and Urban Development, HUD, and Justice Department visited California this week for meetings and tours. Quote, among the ideas under consideration are raising existing tent camps for the homeless, creating new temporary facilities, and refurbishing existing government facilities, the Post reported, citing, citing officials familiar with the effort. Quote, housing experts say homelessness in California has risen a alongside housing and rental prices, the Post noted, quote, that the problem has been exacerbated by cuts to federal support for housing programs. Diane Yento, president and CEO of the National Low Income Housing Coalition and uh, and the and the early stages or said the early stages of Trump's efforts, as well as his past policy moves, demonstrate that the White House is, quote, clearly not acting in good faith to end homelessness. Before I continue on, let me let me stop right there. If you want to end homelessness, Figure out a way to get these people jobs. Don't 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 just throw money into a black hole and expect for these people just to all of a sudden uh, want to be part of society again. It's just like whenever people get out of prison, there's nothing there to help these people reintegrate back into society. The same thing can be said for homeless people. We just keep these we, we keep giving these panhandlers and these homeless people money, and that makes it worse. We all know they go back and get alcohol and things like this. We need to figure out a way. To, as I said before, reintegrate them into society. That's how you end homelessness. If you if you if you give them everything, they will never learn the value of anything. Continuing on, it says they've proposed dras drastically shrinking or eliminating federal programs that keep the lowest income people affordably housed, tripling rents for the lowest income subsidies residents, and raising rents for all others, evicting over 100,000 people, including 55,000 American children, from subsidized housing and allowing homeless shelters to discriminate and refuse shelters to transgender and other LGBTQ people, said Yentl. Uh, quote, the, the solution to homelessness is affordable homes, Yentl added. Quote, not further criminalization, punishing poor people for their poverty, sweeping people experiencing homelessness into increasingly unsafe areas, or warehousing people in untenable and unsustainable conditions. So does that sound like those little, uh, does that sound like those little camps that we were just going over? Those little hod lifes that we were just talking about? So think about this. You have Beto O'Rourke talking about taking your guns, New Zealanders facing five years if they don't turn in their guns, CNN talking about putting you into a pod, or creating like sustainable housing, affordable housing, however you want to look at it. What, 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 what kind of world do you think this is? This is what I mean by generational conditioning. What kind of world do you think this is that we're creating for our kids, for the future generation? Homelessness, you, got, you have people literally shooting up heroin. And, and, and now in the UK, they want to legalize it. We just talked about how Mexico wants to legalize cocaine. You know, they legalize all this stuff. That's the soft kill version of all the population control efforts they need. You think vaccines are bad. That's a slow, soft kill, giving people uh, heroin, oxycodone, and all this other stuff. This is the world that we're creating for our kids. 
and then we want to rob them of their privacy, of their thoughts, of their individuality. We want to shove them in, in little, in little uh, categorized boxes. This is not a beautiful future. We, 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 are, we are essentially itemizing humanity, and that, to me, is, is, is very dangerous. But here, check this out. This is another thing that happened just last week that, if you, if you ask me, falls into the generational conditioning category right here. Social hysteria. Parents shocked as UK school asks kids to write a suicide letter as part of an English exercise. This was put up September 12th by Sign of the Times. And it says a school in the UK gave their teenage English students the task of writing a suicide note in context, in the context of an exercise to explore suicidal feelings, prompting one genuinely shocked parent to complain. Before I continue on, this is, this is it. This is the type of stuff I'm talking about. This is this is why you have all these 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 kids going transgender. This is why you have all these people doing these things because well, my teacher said it was cool, so why not? And I saw it on the news. It, it, it was uh, just the other day. It was it was Suicide Prevention Day or Suicide Awareness Day. Yeah, World Suicide Day. Um, and and so they thought that it was a great idea to have these kids write a suicide letter. And you know, I I think because. We report so heavily on mental illness, mental health, anxiety, depression, nihilism, apathy, <laughs> all of these things, and how they are just growing exponentially. As I said before at the start of the show, we're degenerating at an exponential rate because we report on these things. I don't think we should be teaching these kids how to write a suicide note. I just don't. You know, it's just, It just doesn't seem right to me. It really doesn't seem right. Uh, and, I, and I understand an argument can be made saying, hey, these people need to understand the depths of depression and where their sadness can take them so they don't get there. But these are kids. You know, they, uh, I'm 14. I don't know, I don't know how, how old these kids are. At pupils at age 15 and 16. I wasn't thinking about suicide. You know, I was thinking about, gosh, you know, I need to hit the gym. I got a game to go to. You say, oh, I got to finish up football practice. I got to get to rugby. You know, I, I didn't think about these things. And that's what I mean by the, the, general, the, the generational conditioning. They are forcing these ideologies on us. You see, it's like when that, that other show, 13 Reasons Why, whenever it comes out with a new season, they have somehow been able to figure out or monitor deaths from the viewers that watch that. So if you don't think that these young, impressionable minds will think that this is cool, trip, and handy to, or trendy to do these types of things, you're, you're sadly mistaken. But let me continue on in this article. It says pupils aged 15 and 16 studying for their GS, GCSE qualifications at Cheney High School or Cheney, Cheney School in Headington, Oxford, were set the assignment as part of studying the classic English play and Inspector Calls by J.B. Presley. The writing exercise was delivered on World Suicide Day. One mother who, was, who asked not to be named told BBC News that the project was, quote, a massive fail, revealing that she had been left feeling genuinely shocked after her child informed her about the distressing task. The actual assignment was, imagine you are a young woman in 1912 writing a suicide letter to, writing a suicide letter to those who, you, who care about you. The parent, who reportedly has a relative who attempted suicide, wrote a letter to the school's head of English adding that there has been, quote, no warning, no support, and no encouragement. The school has since apologized for, for any distress caused and insisted that the exercise was, quote, delivered sensitively, claiming that the, that the writing task had been reviewed and adjusted accordingly. It's not the time, it's not the first time the play in question 
has been embroiled in the same controversy. In 2015, pupils aged 15, 14 and 15 at Beauchamp High School in Wickford, Essex, were also asked to pen a suicide letter for their English homework. Set in 1912, the play centers on a mysterious inspector arriving at a home of a mill owner. He questions the wealthy family about the sudden death of Eva Smith, a young working-class woman. And so here you go. That's the world they're creating. They want your kid to kill themselves. And how many times have I talked about that? What, who, who is doing this? Who is sending children to drag queen story time? Who's inviting these drag queens to, to, to career day? Who's telling these people, hey, kill yourself? Oh, my bad. Write a suicide letter to those that you care about. Don't kill yourself. You see, this is, this is that type of stuff I'm talking about. But on the flip side, this is the even more wild part. There will be studies that come out that show that people that spend adverse or, or who, who spend um, an unusual amount of time online, how they begin to develop these, uh, these, these, these mental health problems. So combine that. You go into school, your teacher's telling you, hey, write this letter where you're going to kill yourself. Tell all the people you love goodbye. And then you get on social media, you see all this stuff from people like AOC and uh, Beto O'Rourke talking about the world's going to end in 12 years, kill yourself, you know, don't have kids, there's no, there's no point in living, just give us all the money and your guns and we, we'll give you your future. This is, this is why these children have so many issues. This is why the future is controversial. This is why I titled this segment Generational Conditioning because this is essentially social engineering. But let's get into this article right here. It's from the Drudge Report, the Drudge Report feed. We put this up September 12th. It's titled, Teens Who Spend Hours on Socials Developing Mental Health Problems. A study published today in the journal of the J, of, of, in the journal JAMA Psychiatry, the Journal of American uh, Medical Association Psychiatry, suggests that teenagers who spend more than three hours a day on social media are more likely to develop mental health problems including depression, anxiety, aggression, and antisocial behavior. Now before I continue on, I'm, I've, I've, I've been doing this for going on uh, almost a, half a decade. I would like to think that I, my mind, even though it's still developing and growing, I learn this every single day, uh, what, uh, I'd like to think that my, my mind's not affected, but I think everybody understands inherently it is. And as I said before in the, uh, when addressing the previous item, uh, the, previous, the, the, the previous article, uh, you know, these young, impressionable minds, they don't have the neurochemistry or the, neuro, or the cognitive ability to catch certain things. Uh, this is why they want to desensitize people. This is why they want to dehumanize people. They want to make these things normal. You see, this is why all these 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 things are up, and they're trying to make these things normal. I mean, not many people can hold a actual uh, conversation where they're discussing true topics without bringing their emotions in. As I said before, relating to Beto O'Rourke and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, they're playing on your emotions. And what I read in the opening statement that we were given logos, we were given reason and intellect. That's not emotion. You have to, these are, you're, these are diametrically opposed. You see, just like sex and spirit, these are, or the, or the flesh and the soul, these are diametrically opposed. But they are trying to have you engage in your emotions, not understanding facts, understanding that we're living in dysfunctionality and that this cannot be normal. You see, this should not be normal. So yes, these teens who, who, who spend their lives watching other people vicariously living through somebody else's Instagram forward slash Snapchat feed. Yes, they would develop these things because they all they're doing is discrediting their own existence. They're devaluing their own existence by forever trying to consume somebody else's. 
you see it was it was bad enough whenever we had celebrities but with social media it's even more direct but let me get back into this it says the study nearly 6600 or oh, near, nearly 6612 uh, to 15 year old Americans self reported how much time they spent per day on social media as well as whether they had any mental health problems the researchers found that 3 hours of social media correlated with higher rates of mental health issues even a, even after adjusting for a history of such problems how teens absorb social media the effects of social media consumption on teens manifest in two ways, according to the study's authors, internally, which is depression and anxiety, for example, and externally, which is aggressive behavior or antisocial behavior. The latter were essentially non-existent among teens who reported that they did not use social media. But this is old news, right? Researchers have long struggled with understanding how social media, screen time, and other forms of personal technology affect child and adolescent brain development. Much of that is because of this, that the technology develops faster than it can be studied. It also doesn't help that researchers have come have come to conflicting uh, conclusions. For example, this study from the last month at the University of California, Irvine, suggested that there was no link between tech time and mental health. Social media, however, might be different. This study, published earlier this year, found a worrying link between social media use and social media addiction. Social media is changing faster than we know how to understand it, and the information was self-reported, which means the study is, is a pretty impre imprecise tool. The teens in the study might actually use social media more than they say they do, or their mental health issues might differ in any type or severity from what they reported. But it's difficult to get an objective look at these kinds of things, especially as the services people use proliferate. And that's the, <laughs> precisely, that's exactly what they mean when they're, that's what they mean when I call it ADD, uh, active, distraction, act, active distraction disease or active distraction disorder. I don't think it's, I don't think it's the ADD or the ADHD that they tell us. It's, it's where they have us checking Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, uh, uh, Instagram, you know, uh, uh, whatever, TikTok, whatever, whatever else is out there. Earlier this week, I told you guys that I'm getting tired of forever throwing content into this black hole because people are not content with themselves. And that's how this has all been designed. We've talked about it time and time again, how the phone truly is the black city and orb. It is the black mirror, which is designed to harvest all of this divine, this divine energy, all of that goodness that's inside of you. So yes, teens who were born and put here for a purpose having their essence sucked from them, yes, they would experience depression. Yes, they would experience anxiety. Yes, they would experience all of these detrimental things because that's what it's designed to do. That's why I make sure that regardless of how controversial some of the content is, I have to inform you. I have to educate you. I have to shake you up and make you aware of what's going on so you don't slide deeper into the depression that they're trying to put you into. I'm trying to, I'm trying to essentially talk about this adversity so that we begin to develop the, school, the, the skills and the muscles and the, the awareness to combat it. We cannot succumb to this pressure. We have got to fight through it, you see. But, but children, these, these teens who still are developing, they, haven't underst they don't get it yet. They haven't, experienced they haven't experienced the adversity. They're removing these natural human rituals and taking these things from us. And that's why it's been convoluted and messed up. But, but, but I want to I go even further, and then I'll, I'll wrap up the segment for you. I want to go even further. Just last week, you know, we had closed out the episode talking about how the Johns Hopkins, uh, the, how the Johns Hopkins University had created essentially a Center for Psychedelic and Consciousness Research. 
they realize uh, they they realize that the mental health epidemic, just like the opioid epidemic, is a ticking time bomb. It is a truly ticking time bomb. And I know from inside sources that they are already giving ketamine to people who have suicidal tendencies inside of uh, medical health care facilities. Uh, I'm waiting for the MDMA to be given to alcoholics. I'm waiting for them to start giving the mushrooms to the people that are depressed because there are studies that prove that it can help with that. But this is what I mean. You see, don't get to the root of the cause. Just just, just throw the Band-Aid on the scar. You see, this is, this is it. This is, this is what I'm always talking about with the weaponizing consciousness expansion, the psychedelic psyop, the mental health epidemic, this, this, this multi-pronged attack, this layer thing that they do where, it is, it, where it's problem, reaction, solution. They give us these tools, they, they habituate us, they make us addicts, and then they come back through with the solution. Hey, don't worry. We see you have mental health issues. It would be a shame if Monsanto were to grow some magic mushrooms, shovel those in your brain, and give you like a chemical lobotomy. You see? Uh, <laughs> And I say this tongue-in-cheek because this is where we're going. How many times have you guys heard me just like freak out over the concept of, of, of people taking mushrooms, psychedelics, DMT, ayahuasca. Yeah, you studied that DMT. Ayahuasca and all this stuff to essentially bliss out, to disassociate from reality, not to confront their issues, not to meet these things head on, not to get to the core of these things and begin to work uh, to do the mental work and then at the same time the external physical work that's required to live in peace to create a, a, a positive productive environment you see and all of these things are a part of the whole generational conditioning they are they are habituating you and turning you into uh, uh, not not just a junkie but they are teaching you learned helplessness they are teaching you that if you if you do just just enough you know just enough you can get what you need. You don't need to go anything extra. This is, again, more of that minimalist mindset that they're promoting. You see. And so I'll, I'll put the link for this spicy meme that I made in the, in the, in the link that is in the description bar below so you guys can check it out. Uh, but I'll read over it real quick just so we can get this on record. Uh, but Johns Hopkins University recently announced the opening of the Center for Psychedelic and Consciousness Research, a facility within the Johns Hopkins Medi Medicine that will be dedicated to studying psychedelics and their potential to be used medicinally. This research center is the first of its kind in the U.S. and the largest of its kind in the entire world. The unprecedented research effort is being made possible thanks to $17 million in donations from private investors. Although it is important to note that half of these donations were gathered by one person, the best-selling author and podcaster Tim Ferriss, who also donated $2 million of his own money in addition to organizing half of the outside investments. Researchers at the new John Hopkins facility will be studying psychedelic substances and their effect on the human brain. More specifically, they will be seeking possible treatments for mental health issues like addiction. There's that junkie talk. Depression. Remember what I was just saying? PTSD, Alzheimer's, and so much more. Eating disorders and a variety of other conditions. The new center will be directed by Roland Griffiths, a neuroscientist who has pioneered the psychedelic program at John Hopkins over the past decade. In fact, the research that Griffiths and his colleagues have done at Hopkins over the years is likely the reason that the university was chosen for this facility. In 2012, John Hopkins made news with a study showing that the psychedelic experience can help terminally ill patients come to terms with their own mortality. Numerous other studies conducted at the university since have shown that 
have shown the tremendous power the psychedelics have to bring out the negative thought patterns that they have been stuck in for many years. For example, in 2014, in a 2014 study that was published in the Journal of Pharmacology, of Psychopharmacology, researchers at Hopkins found that psilocybin mushrooms could help longtime smokers kick their habit. I just want to point this out real quick. We're all familiar here as to what the heck MKUltra is, right? Mind control. We're all familiar that things like LSD were designed to essentially put people in like a, a, a subjective, a suggestive hypnotic state, right? I forget because we've reported on it here a few times. Remember when the CIA dosed that small little French village with acid and every in the whole town freaked out? What I'm trying to get you guys to understand is that they will use these mind control substances. They will use these things, these psychotropic drugs. I mean, <laughs> how many times do we talk about it? These, these, these mass shooters that are on some kind of pharma, some, some kind of pharmaceutical, some serotonin reuptake inhibitor. You see, I just think people should be aware of these types of things before it begins to flood the populace. If we're already seeing the effects of, 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 the effects of misinformation, the effects of radicalization, the effects of, of, of mental illness and mental health, the opioid epidemic, and so much more. Imagine what it's going to look like whenever we have people who are coming out of their high, who are coming back to reality, who, who, who are still disassociating, who are having flashbacks, man. I'm still tripping, bro. I just, I, I just think people need to understand that. And imagine that. Let's just, let's just say that. Some of these people start to have like relapses inside these little pod share areas. They all get whipped together inside of a frenzy. I hope I'm painting the picture of the purge for you. I hope I'm beginning to paint a picture of what Gotham City looks like, where we just have a whole bunch of a whole bunch of thugs and gangsters just running around trying to beat up Batman, and, and, and they don't want justice, you know? Like just, just, just think about these things. This is what I mean by generational conditioning. The days that we're living in right now, we're going to see these things as the good old days. We're going to sound like old folks saying, I used to have a yard, I used to have dogs, I used to have guns, I used to have burgers, I used to have cars, I used to have all these good things. Because you can see the people at the top legitimately trying to rob these things from you. And here's what's going to happen, gang. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get into the segment, Climate Emergencies, where we're going to talk about why these people want to rob you of these things. An article came out right before, it came out last night, but other people were able to repost it this morning about how you have to confess your climate change sins. Remember, I'm always talking about how, you know, they're going to they're gonna chastise you because you like babes in bikinis, steaks and beer. Oh, they're going to hate, they're going to hate you for that. That's considered a sin because climate change has become the new religion. But like I said, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about this and more on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere before you transform into a transgender. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction on Factions of Freedom, and we'll be right back right after this. Thank you. 
That's right. We're back. No, they didn't get me. But you can believe they're trying. Shucks. I'd get myself before I'd let anyone get me. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning into this segment titled Climate Emergencies. You know, I don't have an opening statement prepared for this segment. I think it would be cool if I started doing that. You know, just just preparing like opening segments for every single every se- opening statements for every single segment. But that is a level of detail that I don't think I want to get into. I like whenever it free flows after a while. You know, in this segment, we're going to be talking about climate change, the environment, drugs, even more so. You know, uh, and and really, we we are living in an interesting time. You know, uh, as I said at the start of the show, we are we're constantly we're trying to for two weeks we try to report to you guys about how many environmentalists were killed. Like each week, it was like three, three people killed. Like each week, I don't hear Greta Thunberg saying anything about the Amazon. You know. <laughs> And and I I just look at how all this stuff, I look at what it is now, I look at where they're trying to take it, and it is truly extraordinarily sophisticated. It really, really is. Uh, with Just like with doctors practicing medicine and always improving that, you know, science is not settled, and we really have to look at these types of things. Now, climate change has always, it's always been going on. It, climate change is something natural. It's 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 what it's natural. Whenever they're saying man-made climate change, they're talking about the Anthropocene. They're talking about humans' impact on the Earth, where you can see it in in in, in the geological layers. What they're trying to talk about and what they're trying to get the perception to get is that we are being a detrimental force upon the planet, and that we need to be exterminated. This is the transhuman agenda. This is climate change. This is the the the. The Gaia worship, this is the one world religion. Right now, humanity is flawed. And with science, we can fix you. This is transhumanism. I was talking earlier this week uh, about how climate change truly is the new religion. You got your priests, right? You got Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez over there telling you the world's going to end in 12 years. Then you got, you got Christians that are telling you, hey, Jesus is coming. Hey, he's not going to come back happy. He's going to come back and he's bringing judgment. You see what I'm saying? The extremism that's right there. Right there. You got your priests. You got your religion. You got your threat. But what's the solution? What's the solution? Because you're a sinner. <laughs> Don't you know? You, you sinned by simply being born in this time, by liking fast cars, by liking babes in bikinis, by liking steak, by liking fishing, by liking everything that was given to you. You are a sinner. And it is only after going through the gauntlet of climate change, of, of, of appeasing the climate change gods of the United Nations. It's only after appeasing them and reforming your entire life that you can ever be accepted into this new world. You see how dangerous this stuff is? But hey, because we're part of this old world order, we, we see it as dangerous. People like Greta Thunberg, these kids, and, and other people as well, these people want to convert you. They want you to realize that you are a flawed being and you need climate change and science to help fix you. Truly is crazy, if you ask me. And I hope I was able to effectively uh, encapsulate why this is something that requires our attention. To where it's not something that's simple. And I know people want it to be, but <laughs> unfortunately, it's not. Uh, earlier this week, Greta Thunberg, 
appeared at the International Panel on Climate Change as well as uh, as well as Congress to deliver a speech talking about how we need to pay attention to the science, we need to pay attention to the signs, everything's there. It, 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 it's, it's, it's just crazy. Uh, truly, it, 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 it's, it's interesting. Uh, but literally, before she went to Congress and delivered this speech, she appeared with the protesting group 11 Minutes to Die outside of the White House and gave a speech. But she gave a speech. I don't think we have all of it here. Uh, but let me play for you guys this quick video. sweetheart uh, and I think that's being used against me truly as a sweetheart I don't think she understands what's happening to her uh, but the next article I'm going to get up for you guys is where we talk about uh, how in New York City one million kids are being allowed they can skip school for climate strikes this is something that Alexander or this is something that Greta Thunberg has also done uh, she, she she pioneered it out there in the EU it's where every Friday instead of going to school these kids are protesting whatever for climate change and so there's a point to this. The idea is to have people abdicate education, get rid of all that, and just align themselves politically with what's going on. And so I think that's a very, very crazy thing. The same way that I'm saying that <laughs> it's very, very interesting. Let me get in this article. We put this up September 17th. It's from the Drudge Report feed. It says New York City says one million kids can skip school for climate strike. So does that mean that, that, that schools or cities are involved with the climate change or what is this? You say you see it says school districts are debating what position to take after New York City announced that 1.1 million public school students could skip classes without penalties to join global youth climate strikes Friday. The New York Times reported. And so this is this is this is very very interesting to me. This is very very interesting to me because I didn't get to I didn't get to skip school for a political demonstration. I think back in like what, like 2008, maybe I got to like go to the auditorium and see like Barack Obama get like elected, which is pretty astounding for me at the time because it was the first black president. So have as many feelings as you want. It was a, it was a very, very powerful thing to be a part of. But it, 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 could this be the same thing, uh, you know, where, where schools are in alignment with a political agenda? And so they're, they're, they're basically parroting these things. I find this very, very interesting. Uh, and intriguing on another level as well. But let me get into this article. It says, why it matters. Per the Times, this is a test of the movement's impact by causing disruptions and getting noticed by political leaders who are in New York City for the United Nations Climate Action Summit three days later and the General Assembly meeting that follows it. Organizers expect millions of people to leave work, home, and school to take part in massive climate strike protests around the world. 
I just want to say real quick, you don't ever see people in rural areas talk about climate change. It's always in these populated centers, New York City, California, um, Colorado, Seattle. It's always in these, these, these areas where you're seeing this uproar and this fervor come from. You know, And I'm not saying that climate change doesn't exist. I know there are polar ice caps that are melting. You know, I know sea levels are rising and stuff like this as well. I'm going to play for you guys a clip after this about a, 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 a support group designed for people who have eco-anxiety, which is, uh, which is also interesting to me as well. What I'm trying to say is we never ask why people like Bill Gates is, spreading, is spraying calcium carbonate in the sky where it's contaminated with lead. We're not asking why facilities like Harper there. We're not asking what, what are chemtrails, what what's cloud seeding. I mean, on our page, we have patents that go back to at least the 1800s that show these people have been working to modify the weather. We've talked about it time and time again. So if you want to talk about man-made climate change, our impact upon the earth, let's talk about that. And then on another note, what, what are the what are the long-term effects? You see, but let me get back into this. It says uh, more than oh, the big picture. You strike advocates Fridays for Future said more than 2,400 events were taking place from September 20th through September 27th to coincide with the UN Climate Summit on September 23rd where Swedish climate activist Greta Thunberg is due to make an, an, to make an address. More than 115 countries and 1,000 cities have registered so far, the group said. Quote, all eyes are on, are on the United States, which already has 145 cities signed up, with participation that is expected to be tenfold when compared with the first two global strikes in March and May of this year. I want to I put a, I just want to say something real quick. You know, reading this made me think. I remember earlier this year we read, and this ties into the social engineering, the the group think, the climate change religion. I remember earlier this year we read an article about how uh, somebody in the EU didn't actually want to protest for climate change. Like they just wanted to go to school and get an education. They just wanted to get an education and leave the political stuff to the side. They ostracized this child so bad that the parent had to come to school and say, you guys can't do this. They literally put this person so down so bad because they didn't want to protest. They wanted an education. They didn't want to buy it. They didn't want to get involved with everybody else. It's that group think that they became, they became the problem. The person that didn't want to take place in the, in, in the protest became the issue. And that's dangerous to me. So, what were we talking about in the first segment with this pod share lifestyle? What what happens in, if you're living in one of these pod cities, these little or these little pod encampments, right? These little complexes. Everybody's getting ready to go fight climate change, and you're just like, I don't, I'm I'm good. I just kind of want to read a book, you know, maybe drink some water. I don't want to, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to increase my carbon footprint by going out there and screaming and sweating and doing all this other stuff. What happens whenever the group thing takes over that mob mentality and then you become the problem? You see, that's why this stuff is dangerous. I understand the concept of trying to raise awareness about climate change. But if people, again, don't see what they're doing and how they will become part of the problem, that's dangerous to me. Uh, but continuing on, it says, what's happening in the U.S.? The Times reports that large districts around the U.S. were discussing on Monday afternoon the issues of whether to allow students to miss school for the strikes. A spokeswoman for the Los Angeles Unified School District told the NYT, the New York Times, that officials were still finalizing plans and Cambridge, Massachusetts City Council members said that they would discuss a motion on Tuesday to excuse students. The other side. 
Critics ranging from climate change deniers to people who argue for a less radical approach to tackling global warming, said New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio, was using school attendance policy to promote a political aim, the New York Times notes. The New York Post's editorial board called the move, quote, out and out of government sponsorship of a particular point of view. I don't know what that means, but there was some concern that a few students could take advantage of this of the opportunity to skip school for fun. I, <laughs> I guess I'd probably be that. I wouldn't skip it for fun. I would document the entire experience and say, look at this. What are we supposed to do with this? You see, I want to put up another little statistic that popped up this week as well, just to get this stuff on record, uh, just in case anybody wants to talk about this type of stuff, but apparently only 38% of Americans believe in man-made climate change, and 48% of Norwegians believe there are other factors. If you guys want to get access to this statistic in this graphic, go to Sign of the Times and just type in the article headline, or you could look up the graph itself. It says humans are mainly responsible for climate change. Share saying they think, share saying they think the climate is changing and human activity is mainly responsible. The, the, the main people that think this are India, Spain, leading the way at 71% and 69%, following Great Britain and Germany at 51 and 49%, then goes France and China with 48 and 55%, and then Australia and United States were at 38%, Australia is at 44%. Basically what they're saying is that people really don't believe in that. They don't believe in, in what's being pushed. And so what this is going to do they're going to fire up even more. <laughs> They're going to fire up more Hurricane Dorians, more Hurricanes Harvey, Irma, Katya, Maria. They're going to fire up more uh, California wildfires. They're going to burn more of the Amazon. You know, they're going to pollute more of the environment. And that's the crazy thing, man. Like, I think that's the, that's the wildest part about understanding all this stuff is because these people are legitimately terraforming this earth for something else. Again, I, I, I had mentioned to you guys that uh, Bill Gates is spraying calcium carbonate in the sky and how that essentially is going to turn into lead as it hits the ground. They're going to say, wow, that didn't work after we polluted the environment. Wow, gosh, hey, there's still sunlight coming through. We need to reflect at least 75% of it. So they're going to pollute the environment even worse, adding even harsher chemicals. But it's all in the, it's all in the name of climate change. Do you see the lunacy that we're talking about? How this is, this is, this is dangerous. But here, here's the kicker, gang, because they're going to kick us off of fossil fuels, right? That's what they want to do. The solar panels, they're not going to be able to hold the, the, the powers are going to degrade because there's not going to be enough sunlight beaming through. The, the, the solar panels will eventually become ineffective. You see, the hydroelectric stuff, it's going to wash up because the rivers aren't going to be getting new water. They're not going to be flowing. We don't. <laughs> the implications of this is massive. It truly is massive. You see, I want to play. I want to get up uh, one more, one more article, and then uh, we'll, we will begin to talk about, or I'll play for you guys that clip clip of the the eco anxiety support group for people who feel a sense of impending doom for the, all these environmental things that are going on. Uh, but this is just mind blowing, to say the least. We put it up before we came onto the air. Some sign of the times as well. Uh, it says, "Confess your climate change sins." NBC's Climate Confessions offers more proof eco-activism has become a religious cult. Remember, a few it was only a few episodes ago that I had talked about <laughs> eco-extremism, where we used Greta Thunberg, where she was standing next to those eco-extremists, where I told you 
that in the future you are going to have people run up on you because you're eating steak in a nice restaurant like Ted Cruz, and they're going to say, hey, you don't care about the earth. You don't care about the environment. If you did, you wouldn't have eaten this. And they're going to guilt trip you. They're going to virtue signal you into converting you. This is a religion. But it's being designed, or it's, it's being disguised as a political movement, as a political ideology. And the very same thing will happen with the LGBTQP. I assure you. I, I, I assure you. I know you don't want to hear it, but it's going to happen. That's why the church is, dissol is dissolving, so that the LGBTQP can be erected. But let me get into this article. And like I said, they put this up September 9th. It's from Sign of the Times. It says, want to save your planet, but can't overcome your addiction to steak and air travel? NBC has put out a call for climate confessions, allowing viewers to unburden themselves of their first world problems anonymously. Anyone concerned about their future to, quote, do their part in, quote, preventing climate change can confess their sins to NBC in one of six categories. Plastics, meat, energy, transportation, paper, and food waste. Previous visitors climate sins are posted anonymously in case you need inspiration or you can't remember how or you can't remember how you last violated the trust of Mother Nature. <laughs> and so be before I continue on, what they're saying is, hey, if you really want to do your part to, to save the earth, right? Give up your car. Ride a bike. If you, if you really cared about the environment, right? You would go out of your way to stop eating steak. You would go vegan. If you really cared about the earth, and this is where it's going to be. This is where it's going to go. What did Bernie say just last week or the week before last? Hey, if you care about climate change, you're going to get some abortions. How many times have we talked about just this, this, this death cult, this anti-human agenda to where we are the problem somehow and they got to fix us like that? It's, it is, it's crazy to me. I read this yesterday and then this morning before I came on in the air and I, I couldn't do anything but laugh. I like, uh, and, and I think that's what it's designed to do. It's designed to be extreme and over the top so that it, it, it basically uh, disables us from effectively understanding what they mean. And that's what I'm telling you. When they have formulas that are literally designed to calculate the total gas mileage equivalent of creating a ham sandwich and a turkey sandwich. That's what I mean by the scientific dictatorship. That's what I mean by the technocrats. That's what I mean by some of these scientists who have IQs that are well beyond a hundred. That's what I mean by using AI, machine learning, and all these different things to categorize humanity, to itemize our, our, our existence. You see, if everything's already being tracked, surveilled, and watched on your phone, if you don't think it's being categorized and, and, and having an algorithm created for you, well, what the heck is the social credit score system? And that's where this is going to come in as well. They're going to say, hey, this guy does some stuff that's anti-Earth, pro-human. We, we, we have to put him down. Let me continue on. It says, but NBC's audience doesn't seem to be falling for it. Quote, I run my AC 24-7. I'm not going to sweat to appease this climate change religion, reads one confession posted on the site. Quote, I think the climate has always been changing, and I'm not going to stop eating meat because of a cult-like manipulation of the left, reads another. As, as criticism of the green movement, green movement increasingly points out its cultish aspects, NBC's online confessional is providing some quality ammunition. 
but it's not but it's not the only element of the green movement that has religious underpinnings carbon offsets are little more than a 21st century version of the papal indulgences purchased by wealthy sinners to offset their evil deeds and grant them entry into heaven they trend toward consuming flavorless sludge like soylent and insect-based foods to save the planet by punishing one's own taste buds and by punishing one's own taste buds is reminiscent of those medieval religions religious devotees who wore hair shirts to mortify their flesh their flesh with the movements Joan of Arc Greta Thunberg in the lead seriously mainstream publications unironically un are calling her Joan of Arc uh, children worldwide are mounting what some have termed a crusade demanding their parents fix the planet lest the world end up in before they have a chance to grow old those parents and everyone else in their generation are socially forbidden to criticize Thunberg because of her age and mental disorder, as NBC's confessional, climate confessional seems to be a peace offering or a gateway drug. If you can't beat them, join them. Confessions have a limit of 130 characters, so you don't have to tell your, your whole life story. Just admit it. Say you've been bad, and say 40 Hail Gretas. In Sweden and other parts of the Europe, Americans are told people are already avoiding air travel lest they be accused of hogging more than their fair share of carbon emissions. Millions of little Greta acolytes reportedly take to the streets every Friday striking for climate. Never mind the most children that most children will seize any opportunity to take the day off of school, like me, uh, no matter what the cause. And this phenomenon, Americans have been informed, is coming to the U.S. whether they like it or not. In New York, Mayor Bill de Blasio has officially excused kids from school next Friday so long as they participate in the climate strike. Thunberg has already chastised Congress for refusing to take, quote, meaningful action if, as if that was something Congress did on any other issue. Flying shame could catch on as could catch on among the 40-plus percent of Americans who couldn't afford to take vacations, but more likely they will continue to save up for their airborne getaway. For those who can afford to fret over the recyclability of their straws, however, a promising new religion has landed on the U.S. shores in a racing yacht owned by the royal family of Monaco. That's what I was talking about. You see, that's why I like Son of the Times. That's what I'm talking about. They told you. She's, she's getting the express treatment the same way that Leonardo DiCaprio's running around in a, on, a, on, a, on a private jet telling you, you need to cut back on your carbon costs. You need to cut back on your carbon emissions. What's your greenhouse gas footprint? You see, or your carbon footprint. What's your greenhouse gas emissions? You see, you have to understand that this religion they're creating, they are legitimately designing it to where you are the problem. Anything you do, if it's not in alignment with what they're saying, you're, you're just an anti-earther, aren't you? you? You hate Mother Earth, don't you? So you're a feminist and a pig, huh? Or, you're, <laughs> or what is it? You're a misogynist and a pig, huh? And so this is, this is what they've created, where they've guilt-tripped, virtue-signaled, and just put us into a position to where we can't even fight back against it. To where if we if we say anything about it, you're anti-Earth. I'm going to have to, in the future, and I should have done it, I should have prepared it for this episode, but I'll do it for the future. I'm going to come up with a point-by-point, side-by-side list of, 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 of religion, of Christianity, Catholicism, Buddhism, and climate change. Because it truly has reached that point. It is cult-like. You know, that's why so many people within the vegan movement get controversial when we when you start talking to them about it and how it's an agenda. I mean, we <laughs> we have we have talked about this in so many different ways that it is almost mind blowing. You know, we've talked about how they say if you want to they're going to ban burgers. 
I mean, just the other week, we talked about how there was a professor that said, if you want to help climate change, eat human flesh. <laughs> it's just, whoa, anything goes if for climate change. Abortions for climate change, uh, cannibalism for climate change, uh, you know, killing for climate change, um, population control for climate change, you know, cars for climate change. It's just like they, 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 they slap that label up there and people just bliss out. They don't hear things. They don't understand the depths at which these people are trying to communicate and condition you, you see. So the climate emergencies these people keep talking about is, is it's insanity. But, I mean, even, even, even before uh, Governor Jerry Brown, before it was Governor Gavin Newsom of California, Governor Jerry Brown talked about how we're not doing enough to, to fight climate change. He ended up going to the United Nations and essentially signing on with them to carry out agendas there. You know, and, and the next video I'm going to play for you guys is of AOC earlier this week talking about how Miami will sink, sink if they don't do this Green New Deal. So here's more of this climate alarmism, this, this eco-extremism, to where it's just, it's, it, it's impending doom. It's doom, 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 doom. I'm going to play for you guys that clip of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and then I'm, I promise right after we're going to play that, that eco-anxiety support group because it, it's all tied together. But that's what I mean. It's all designed to put you in a state of fear, helplessness, learned helplessness, so that you don't actually go forth and do things. Uh, but here, let me play for you guys this quick clip. Oh. When it comes to climate change, what is not realistic is not responding to the crisis on the, on the not responding with the solution on the scale of the crisis. Because what's not realistic is Miami not existing in a few years. That's not realistic. So we need to be realistic about the problem. When it comes to climate change, Oh wow! Didn't even know it was it was it wasn't even going on that whole time. I was talking about how uh, because of the aerosols that they're spraying these days uh, with the environment, it's destroying the ozone layer. That's why people are unaware of these types of things. I don't want to go back over everything I just said, uh, but what I'm going to do for you guys is basically pull up that clip of the eco support, the eco anxiety support group. It's actually on our Instagram TV. And the full thing itself is roughly four minutes long. I'll put the link in the description bar below, but I'll just read to you guys the quick description about it. It says, uh, and this is from The Blaze by, Bre by Breck Dumas. It says, climate activists are now flocking towards support groups to treat their eco-anxiety. 
A growing body of evidence suggests that climate activists around the world suggest climate activists the world over are increasingly suffering from eco-anxiety, experiencing mental health episodes triggered by the stress of worrying about the Earth's pending doom from global warming. In order to combat the condition, climate anxiety support groups are cropping up, and according to the Daily Beast, seats are filling up. Let's take a listen. If it is worth anything, then I'm not going to have children. If I think it is worth something... I will have children. We are already seeing coastal city flooding, we're already seeing forest fires, we're already seeing flash floods, we're seeing tornadoes. When big ecological disasters happen around the world, I feel a sense of anxiety, I feel a sense of sadness and it, a sense of loss. So imagine you go outside and you look up in the sky and there's a comet there. And you know, you've just been told by a scientist that that comet is racing toward the Earth and it's going to kill everybody and everything in a big firestorm. And nobody else notices the comet. And you say, hey, look, there's a comet and it's going to kill all of us. And people just don't seem to care. Climate change anxiety um, as a term is a relatively new term, by no way a new phenomenon. It's an anxiety um, that is about the future and a trauma that we haven't experienced yet, but that we know is going to come our way. Hello, come on in. Hi, I'm Steffi. Hi. Hi. Hi, Kate. Hipsters. Upset about the environment. We're facing a very existential fear. Um, this is not a fear um, about um, how does my body look or um, am I popular enough? This is a fear about our survival. I just got to, I want to pause it real quick because remember uh, earlier this year we reported how uh, there is the birth strikers movement where you have millions of women taking part, not, not in Alyssa Milano's uh, abortion challenge, but on the same end, they're refusing to have kids because of climate change. They're refusing to procreate, and we've and this is oh my god, this is what Alexandria Ocasio Cortez like enraged me about earlier this year. Remember when she was cutting her food, saying, "Hey, you know the environment that we're creating, it's just bad. I don't think you guys should have kids. You know, we really should think about the conditions we're 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 allowing kids to come into." As she's just chopping up a, a, a chopping up a potato or doing whatever she's doing, trying to seem normal, all cracked out. She's telling us that we need to stop what we're doing. Or, or she's telling us that we need to stop having kids, that we should just adopt all the kids that are here. I just want to point that out because it's in the same vein. Uh, people not procreating to fight climate change. They're doing the opposite. They're buying into the lie. They're not having kids for climate change. And my whole reasoning behind pointing that out to you guys is because children are the future. Children are the future. I've talked about this time and time with you, how we have to create the environment, the, con the cushion for them to get here. But once they get here, they have to worry about uh, the drag queen story time, the vaccines, the GMOs, and all this other stuff. And if they don't get radicalized or, or, or brainwashed and conditioned in, in, in these public indoctrination centers called schools, then they're, they're, they're being, they have the chance to actually fix these things. I think that's what people really need to understand is they're, they're telling you there is no hope, there is no future other than the one that we can offer to you. The very same people who have caused this problem are trying to come through and, and, and fix these solutions. If you want a perfect example of this, we'll talk about it after all this with Trump banning these e-cigs. These, these e well, guess who won out of that? Marlboro. 
The, the, the cigarette companies still won. People got into vaping to get away from cigarettes, and because there's no vaping, they're going back to cigarettes. It's the same type of thing here with the climate change, you see. Uh, but let's continue. What is it that makes you anxious? What, um, what are the thoughts or what are the, the details that when you go there, that's when you touch your anxiety? In other parts of the world, they're being more affected by climate change than the cities that we currently live in. That's when I feel like we're not doing enough. One of the most sort of potent anxieties is the, the fear of uh, people mistreating each other out of panic and fear. And, uh, you know, it's, it's more maybe how people respond to that. I just keep thinking about a small child, probably myself, um, and I just think about how innocent my, God, I'm emotional already, um, that memory I have of being a child, and it's so valuable, and I just think about all the people that, aren't, that don't have that, that preciousness about the world, and I think that's really, that's a privilege that is just disappearing. Yeah, I get emotional when I think about uh, the effects that climate change and its related issues will have. I get very angry about those. I feel very powerless. I feel very frustrated. I think we need more and more people to wake up to this. And anxiety is part of the way of digesting the information. We, there's no way around that. What is the part that you can play in stretching out and mending the part of the world that is within your reach? And this is something I think everybody's going to end up having to ask themselves in the future. I'll add that link in the description bar below so you guys can go look over the full thing and hear what these individuals have to say. Um, but I don't want to be a jerk and clown on these people. They have legitimate concerns, legitimate issues, legitimate uh, uh, things that are going on that require attention. And a lot of what they talk about is very true. Uh, but you have to understand, as, I, as they said, and as I constantly keep telling you, this is all being used to play on your emotions to where you don't think clearly. That was one of the concerns that one of the individuals had, that it would, it would backfire, it would have detrimental, uh, detrimental consequences to the environment. I mean, hearing that lady talk about how she herself saw herself as a child and how children wouldn't be able to have the, 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 the future or the childhood that she had, I think in my mind, because I'm trying to solve a problem, I'm saying, you know, fix yourself so you can balance yourself so that you can balance another person, procreate so that you guys can begin to create like a, a, a balanced environment, you know, because of where everything is these days, everything is collective. It's the collective conscience, you know, group think how we're all doing, blah, 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 blah. And these are all very important, but you, I guess, because I'm looking at society as it is as a whole and how it's being, how it's undergoing this reformation process. I look at what they're trying to do. Uh, it's all emotions. You know, it's all don't, don't impact your immediate surroundings. Just be upset and then just wallow in that. But I want to play for you guys a quick clip of just last week, this vegan activist who rescued 16 rabbits and killed nearly 100 in the process. And that's just more of that eco-activism, that eco-extremism combined with the vegan movement to where they're telling you, hey, we have the solution. Let us figure it out. We, we know what we're doing. You dirty farmers. You don't know what you're doing. We care about the planet bigger than, more than you do. 
This is what we, this is what has just happened to us. Look, I'm documenting the whole thing. I'm covered in I'm covered in blood. Because look at this is what the this is what the farmers have done. They, they shot through our window and chased us down the motorway. Oh my god. I'm literally covered in blood. Yeah, that she, that she wants sympathy. You know, I, I'm watching this and I'm thinking to myself, you guys remember whenever Anonymous started doing those cool videos where, you know, they just had the guy with the guy Fox Max on and then he would sit in front of the camera and have a piece of paper and he would read to you the sketchy things that are going on out there. That's truly what's going to happen with these eco-extremists and these vegans, these environmentalists. They're, they're, they're going to they're gonna get into the... They're going to become so radical that they become that they're considered terrorists. And I begin to speak about this and notice this whenever we were reporting on things like the things like uh, the North Dakota Access Pipeline, because they criminalize protesting there. With what these vegan activists, these extremists, these eco these eco uh, fascists, these people, they're going to enter into that that category. We've we've spoken before about how people like Greta Thunberg was posing with eco-extremists because that's what they're going to do. They're going to begin to carry out not necessarily terroristic acts, but they're going to begin to carry out attacks on, say, Monsanto's farms, uh, on Nestle facilities, on, on Coca-Cola plants, you know, on, on farmers. They're going to run up on you like Ted Cruz, like Antifa did. I'm telling you, they're going to run up in people on a restaurant and say, what are you doing eating that steak? I've seen I've seen some of these vegan activists, these eco extremists. I've seen them run up on people that are fishing, break people's lines, and then throw the fish back in the water. And so, this is what I mean by anti-human. They don't respect the individual; they have more respect for the earth, and would, I can admire that. But they don't see what that's doing to the fabric of society. Whenever you have millions of kids basically abdicating their abdicating, I wouldn't I don't want to say their research, their studies, their education. In, 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 the, in the name of this, in the name of this religion, it's going to do something else. I'm just letting you guys know to keep your eyes peeled. The very same way that I told you they're going to chastise you for eating steak. And here we are now. You just need to watch out for these types of things. <laughs> they're going to chastise you for eating steak, but they're going to go ahead and say you can eat your neighbor. <laughs> Lunacy. Lunacy of the highest Order. So to finish up this segment, you know, uh, because I'm pretty sure we have a few people that are into vaping and stuff like that. Uh, you guys may have noticed or saw last week that Trump is planning to ban e-flavored cigarettes as a mysterious lung disease is spreading across the U.S. Let's take a listen. Tonight, the CDC trying to extinguish the health emergency linked to e-cigarettes, telling users if you vape, stop, until it figures out why so many people are getting serious lung injuries. The 450 cases span 33 states and the U.S. Virgin Islands. The cause, still a mystery. But officials think the illness stems from chemical exposure. It is not linked to a specific product or substance. The sick vape THC, the source of marijuana's high, nicotine, or both. The smallest group vaping just nicotine. I did it to fit in because everyone else was, was, was had one. 
and that landed 18-year-old Adam Hergenrader in the hospital. After vaping for a year and a half, doctors say Hergenrader has a severe lung injury and needs a supplemental breathing mask. I didn't think that that little pod could do so much damage. Dr. Scott Abereg sees the harm on x-rays. Dark areas represent health. Tonight, the CDC... Crazy. Before I get into this article, I want to backtrack a little bit. August 19th, 2018, we reported on how there, were, how there were more than 120 cases of lung disease in 15 states that could be linked to vaping. I also want to say that this is the very same government that legalized or approved candy-flavored meth for children. And as I said before, big tobacco wins. Again, after banning these e-cigarettes, people end up craving regular cigarettes. You see. So this is, this is, this is a chemical cocktail gone wrong. But again, the vaping because we got rid of cigarettes, right? That was doing bad. People were developing lung cancer and all kinds of different things like this. What is vaping? Are, 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 are the very same people telling you that climate change is real? Are they getting an affair on with CP3O's uh, appendage? You see what I'm saying? Are they themselves vaping? I'm sure that has something to do with it as well. And that's the reason why I put it in here. Climate emergencies, people don't look at what their actions are doing and the detrimental effects it has upon themselves and the environment, you know? Let me get into this just to just to get it on record. We put this up September 11th. It's uh, from the Minds Unleashed. It's by Elias Marat. Yeah, I want to say this one. I want to say this right before I get into it. I think there is no coincidence of having Greta Thunberg in America and to have all this climate change stuff talk talked about 18 years after uh, uh, 9/11. That is the new thing. If the war on terror was called, if if the war on terror came from 9/11, it's going to be the war on climate change that's going to come after this. I'm telling you, there's no coincidence for them putting this stuff out here almost 20 years later because it's it's the next phase. You see, we're talking Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, 2020s right around the corner. They got to get people aware of where we are going next, and the vaping thing, it's it's all part of it. This is again part of that whole climate emergency. I don't mean just environmentally climate. I mean like political climate. I mean spiritual, mental, emotional climate. You know, we. I guess I never saw the actual. I didn't because I got away from smoking whenever I was super young. I only smoke whenever I'm out with the boys. I never really saw the the importance of, of vaping. I mean, you'd go into some of these vape stores and it's like a smoke den in there. And so that clearly can't be good for your for your lungs. I mean, we've had Taylor Cop of Social Emotions on and talked about the damage that these bootleg cartridges are causing. And here we are, you see. And so people will still continue to vape. They will continue to not notice the signs. They will not notice that they're degenerating. They will continue to do these things. But continuing on, it says U.S. President Donald Trump is planning an all-out ban on non-tobacco flavored e-cigarettes, which makes no sense. Why would you not? Why would you ban? Whatever. Amid the amid the continuing nationwide outbreak of a lung illness tied to vaping, that has officials demanding new controls to rein in the so-called epidemic. The proposals come. The proposal comes as officials with the CDC have warned users to stop using uh, e-cigarettes altogether, regardless of whether the products are used to vape nicotine, CBD, or THC. On Wednesday, Trump met with. Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar and Acting Food and FDA uh, Commissioner Norman Sharpless to discuss the proposed ban. Trump told reporters, quote, not only is it a problem overall, but really specifically with respect for children. 
we may very well have to do something very, very strong about it. According to a 2016 survey, there are roughly 10 million vapors in the U.S., with half of those users under the age of 35. Azar and Sharpless briefed Trump on recent data showing surging, sur- showing surging teen e-cigarette use, with many middle school and high school students picking up the habit amid a lack of regulations and studies of, of the habits. This has prompted the FDA to label teen vaping as, quote, an epidemic Stating, new, stating newer statistics showing that 5 million children are using e-cigarettes. Wow. Secretary Azar called the, called the latest data, quote, alarming, and noted that the FDA is finalizing its guidance to ban non-tobacco-flavored e-cigarettes due to children's attraction to the flavors. The administration plans to take strong action if e-cigarette makers are found to be intentionally targeting children. What are you talking about? That's what candy cigarettes are. That's exactly what can't, well, <laughs> that's what these e-cigarettes are. They're just to get you kids habituated, so you just start craving that nicotine. So you start getting those withdrawals. You, you, you see, they, that's why we are run by psychopaths. And these are the very same people that will tell you, hey, we got the solution. Just get this nicotine patch. It's like, what? So <laughs> this, is, this is why Purdue Pharma is in so much trouble. This is why uh, uh, the Sackler family is in trouble. This is why all this stuff with the opioids is is where it's at right now (laughs) because these people poison you and come through with an even deadlier solution (laughs) let me continue on it says as of last week over 450 people have grown sick with a mysterious lung disease linked to vaping with the large with with the age of those affected averaging to 19 six people have died from the lung ailment Symptoms that people have been reporting resemble severe pneumonia, shortness of breath, fatigue, coughing, and respiratory failure that prevents the body from breaking down oxygen, producing carbon dioxide, or both. And so basically what we're talking about is how these people are legitimately killing us. Killing us. In the name of something good. And this is what I mean by climate emergencies. That's an emergency. Our entire future is being wiped away. It's being taken from us, from these people who want to make a quick buck, from these people who are trying to sell you snake oil. But here's what's going to happen, talking about snake oil. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to get into the satanic subversion, as if we haven't talked about it enough already. Synthetic Brains, Jordy Rose of Quantum D-Wave Computers, as well as a pro-LGBTQ resource teacher, talking about how there's over 100 genders. Lastly, we're going to finish this out with a demonically possessed abortion doctor, Dr. Ulrich Klopfer, dying after they found over 2,200 aborted fetal remains in his home. Craziness. But this is what I mean. We are, we are literally run by psychopaths and Satanists, and we need to call it out. We have a cancer, we're sick, and we need to do something about it. But like I said, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about this and more on the other side. Don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction, Factions of Freedom, and we'll be right back, right after this. Salutations, my friends. I'm here to talk to you about, that's right, CBD oil. CBD oil can reduce the risk of relapse among alcohol and cocaine addicts, and you know they're trying to flood us with both. According to a 2013 study published in the British Journal of Clinical Pharmacology, 
CBD was proven to have these benefits, relieving pain and inflammation, having antipsychotic effects, reducing anxiety, helping to fight cancer, relieving nausea, treating seizures, lowering incidences of diabetes, and also promoting cardiovascular health. Realize that in 2014, Purdue Pharma received FDA approval for an opioid drug that claimed to help curb the opioid addiction. This will actually help you curb your usage of opioids as well as your reliance upon them. And remember, guys and gals, stay vigilant. Those lies and share truth. Zero, Freedom Faction, out. Welcome back. And that's right. We're here. Ben, we're not queer. But we are happy. But we're not gay. <laughs> I just, well, I, look, hey man. Don't get mad if I can't say these things. Okay, I like to have a good time. I like to have fun. But it seems like with this control and authoritarian mindset we're beginning to take, fun is being harvested from us. It's being taken away. And I guess I just don't know what to do with that. I just have to have a good time anywhere I go. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to this segment titled The Satanic Subversion. I told you it was going to be an information-packed episode, did I not? Did I not? So let's let's get into this. Why is the world so crazy today? You know? What's going on? Why are we so sick? 
you know, I, I, in the opening statement I had read to you guys about the fall of Lucifer and how he became Satan here on this realm, in this plane. You know, how he wanted to control things, how he wanted to turn us essentially into automatons, machines, robots, being part of his army of the damned. Uh, the real walking dead. The, 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 the cowards that die a thousand deaths. You see, I talk about that all the time because it's something that rings very true to me. Um, you know, the, the days are dark. I think everybody can get that. I'll say this and I'll start, I'll, I'll, try, I'll try to figure out how to weave it in. The days are dark. It's getting rough out there. People aren't optimistic. They're not developing the tools that are required to pull themselves up from the bootstraps and seek after that greater tomorrow. They're being given over to a spirit of delusion where they're being told that, a, that freedom is something that is given to them. You, <laughs> you know nothing of the word. You were given freedom when you were born. But you can abdicate it. You can give it over. You can be a slave and not even know it. You can put chains on you and never take them off because you didn't even realize you put them on in the first place. What am I trying to say? The days we're entering into, you have to make a choice. You have to commit. And you're going to be confronted with a lot more choices. And they're all going to be designed to refine and enhance you. That's why you have to be conscious and aware. Stay woke. Oh my God. When do you guys hear me say that? Do you, like it, it legitimately devalues the concept of being aware, awoke, or whatever you want to call it today. And that's how these people are able to incept all these ideas. They, they, they get into this community of people. They figure out who the influencers are. They figure out how they can compromise them. Bing, bang, boom. Now you're preaching the very same message that you were standing up against. But that has nothing to do with the article that we will be talking about here shortly. How AI synthetic brains will allow humans to be in 500 places at once. This is an article by Ricky Saparo of End Times Headlines. We put this up September 13th, Friday the 13th. And before I get into this, I just want to say, do you remember what you had for breakfast two weeks ago? Do you remember what we posted two weeks ago? Right now you have two different brain, you have two different minds, two different uh, reservoirs of, inter of information in your brain. Your digital mind, as well as your real mind, like what you experienced, what you witnessed. Or did you just put it up on Snapchat? I just think you guys should keep that in mind as we talk about these synthetic brains. But continuing on, it says AI-powered synthetic brains will allow humans to operate 500 versions of themselves at once, according to the man behind Amazon's voice assistant, Igor, and I'm sure I'm going to butcher this, Igor Jablakov believes artificial intelligence will become so advanced we will be unable to distinguish between a real or synthetic mind. The CEO of Pyron, or Pryon, previously founded Yap, a fully automated cloud platform for voice recognition, which was snapped up by Amazon before being used for the popular Alexa. The, de the device uses a non-human voice to communicate with users, but Igor warns such technology could change with terrifying consequences. He told the Financial Times, quote, People will not be able to tell if they are interacting with you or your AI proxy. Right now, you could be doing two interviews at once. Or there could be 500 versions of you running 500 interviews. What's more, he also believes artificial minds will be able to learn before passing them on to other versions. He added, quote, they would be learning more second by the second, they would be learning more second by second and telling the other versions what they have learned. The Alexa device is used in homes around the world to play music, radio, and carry out tasks through voice instruction, but it has come under fire recently 
over privacy concerns after it emerged Amazon employees were listening to Alexa conversations. Amazon claims it simply does so to improve speech cognition. A statement read, quote, This information helps us train our speech recognition and natural language understanding systems so Alexa can better understand your requests and ensure the service works well for everyone. Quote, We have strict technical and operational safeguards and have a zero-tolerance policy for those for the abuse of our system. Employees do not have direct access to information that can identify the person or account as part of this workflow. Last month, video verification boss Shahmir Alibabi warned deepfake technology will become so realistic innocent people will go to jail thanks to fabricated evidence. He also said deep, deepfake porn will be as easy as using an Instagram filter, quote, very soon. So imagine that. 500 different interviews all happening all at the same time. Are you ready for that? I know I'm not. I sure... I sure know I'm not. I couldn't do 500 interviews. They wouldn't have the authenticity feel. But what happens whenever we, 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 what happens when we blow past that? You see, what happens whenever we literally lose our humanity? I just, I, I, I find that very, very interesting. And I'm sure we will talk more about it here in the future. But this next one is something I want you guys to think about as we're actually talking about synthetic brains and summoning robot entities techno sorcery what happens are you even yourself at 500 versions you see what i'm saying there's so many different things to talk about with this that we are moving into the extracting anima maya concept extracting the soul the essence of man and then what are we putting in place of it just something that rapidly consumes information and does nothing but here let's uh let's have ai expert jordy rose talking about summoning robot entities who will treat us like ants. Means, you know, different. These things that we're building are not gonna be people. They might be really smart, they might be really good at all sorts of different things, but they're not gonna be like us, they're gonna be aliens. And they're gonna be, I'm sorry to say, way smarter than every single person in this room, in ways that we can't even comprehend. So this, of course, triggers a lot of alarm. One of the guys who talks about this is Elon, who uh, says things like this, like, when you do this, beware. Because you think, just like the guy in the stories, that when you do this, you're going to put that, that, that little guy in a pentagram, and you're going to have your holy water out, and you're going to wave it at the thing, and by God, it's going to do exactly what you say, and not one thing more, but it never works out that way. So uh, this, is an, this is an attitude that some are having, this emerging alarmism about the way this is, means, you know, different. Yeah. These things that we're building are not going to be people. Yeah, no, we are definitely going to have to revisit this in a later segment because there's a whole lot to break down from that, Jordy. Uh, and you're, you're, you're right entirely. But how does this tie into the satanic subversion? You know, as I talked about, as I talked about in the opening statement with you guys, Taking the, the, the Apple, the iPhone, the Black Mirror, the Obsidian Orb, the Cube, whatever you want to call it, with its information of censored knowledge, well, it's censored so that it can allow certain things to be incepted inside of you. This is truly like a techno, a, a, a techno sorcery topic that we have to talk about, but I just wanted to get that on record that this is where we're at. Synthetic brains summoning entities and just doing all this other crazy stuff. Just, just keep that in mind, though. Because later on, when we talk about over 100 different genders and a device that can mass produce human embryoids, this becomes very, it becomes very, very important.
uh, you see. But why would we need to talk about over 100 genders, mass-producing human embryoids, and things, things of this nature? Designer babies, you know, transhumanism, basically. Why would we begin to talk about these things? Because the world is becoming increasingly crazy, for one. <laughs> because it's becoming increasingly crazy, for one. But also because these people are creating things that are not human. They are creating monsters. They are creating the Nephilim. They are creating uh, the a the men of old, the men of renown. They are creating the transhuman. They are creating these things, and they have to run simulations first to see what the proper configuration is, the proper biological construction of, say, a man cheetah or a minotaur. They would have to run these types of things. But you would have to ask yourself, EJ, you're crazy. How could they run tests? How could they? How could they create? These, these types of things. Well, whenever you have baby body parts, trafficking company STEM Express admitting to keeping babies alive so that the whole beating hearts and heads can be harvested, you can see where that goes. I mean, we've talked about human-animal chimeras, animal-human chimeras. Uh, for, our, for our video watchers, you probably see that mutant goat in our video displayer that has a human face. I mean, I have all kinds of videos that show weird weird animals and mutations but my point behind this is they're splicing things you remember how I'm always talking about bioaccumulation the chemicals how that affects our biochemistry eugenics and things like this we're just we're literally just operating in our day-to-day -day lifetime these technocrats I'm telling you guys they have the technology they have the existence they, they they're doing it they're doing it <laughs> I want to get this on record because it, it's, it's coming out that Planned Parenthood actually sells body parts, and that's something that's important. Uh, but we put this up September 13th, Friday the 13th. It's from Sound of the Times. It says, STEM Express, a company that, was pre that we previously exposed for its involvement in trafficking aborted baby body parts along with Planned Parenthood, is back in the news. And the reason why is sure to disturb you. According to reports, the company's CEO admitted during a recent court hearing that STEM Express profits from the sale of fetal hearts and heads harvested from live babies live human babies meaning babies are being obtained by the biotech industry while they're still alive and murdered on demand to provide quote fresh flesh fresh fresh flesh for quote medical research during the hearing peter breen from the thought from the thomas more society asked a question that was surely on everyone's mind where exactly is stem express getting these fully intact human children and it's an answer that demands an answer or it's a question that demands an answer. Quote, if you have a fetus with an intact head and an intact body and intact extremities, that is something that would indicate that the child was born alive and then had their organs cut out of them or that that child was the victim of an illegal partial birth abortion. Breen retorted, reportedly told LifeSite News, quote, both of these are gruesome and violent acts, he added. Stim Express CEO laughed, extracting, laughed about extracting, quote, fresh body parts from aborted babies. Satanic. This court hearing was actually centered around David Daladine and Sandra Merritt from Center for Medical Progress. We read about them last week. The group that blew off the lid on Planned Parenthood's illegal body parts trafficking scheme. Daladine and Merritt were facing 15 felony counts of illegal taping of confidential information for, under, for the undercover footage they captured of Planned Parenthood executives admitting to illegal activity. Part of this undercover investigation also involved secretly recording STEM Express's CEO, identified as Doe 12, admitting to the company's collusion with Planned Parenthood in obtaining and selling aborted baby parts for profit. Footage that prompted STEM Express to immediately cut company ties with Planned Parenthood after it was publicly released. That's right. We got you.
we caught you. And remember, just like, like, like I said, just last week we talked about Planned Parenthood staff admitting to trafficking in, bo- in baby body parts. So that's how they would do it. That's how they would create the transgenders and the transhumans and all of these tests and stuff that they're doing. That's why. Because these people are conducting experiments on us. Publicly and privately. This is what I mean by the this is what I mean by the scientific dictatorship. This is what I mean by the technocrats. This is what I mean by all these people who who are putting forth this agenda to dehumanize us, who are legitimately trying to figure out ways to to, to rob us of our humanity. And to me, that's just mind blowing. It truly it truly is mind blowing. I mean, think about this. They're telling you that they're trafficking in body parts. There, you have people like Bernie Sanders saying, "Hey, abortion, climate change for, <laughs> abort your baby for climate change." You see, this is nuts to me. This is the simplest way. It is. It is truly nuts. I'm trying to get for you guys this uh, this video together of a hundred genders. This pro LGBTQP uh, resource teacher talking about there being over 100 different genders. And so, in my mind, what I begin to think is how they're preparing us for the transhumans, for the transgenders, for all this stuff. You see. Let me see if I can get this clip up for you guys without hiccups. Great. This is, this is crazy. This is 2019. The future is now. Uh, but uh, let me the full thing is 12 minutes long we're not going to watch all of it but I will be putting the link in the description bar below if you guys are curious but right there this was on Good Morning Britain they published this September 11th <laughs> there that there it is again should there be a limit to gender identities let's take a listen you are transgender I well I transitioned from male to right. female but I don't I'd never referred to myself as transgender, and if I did, I think my friends would go ballistic. Um, my opinion is there are two genders, male and female. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're not lucky enough to be born into the right one, so you transition into the one that you see the most. Which seems to me eminently sensible, and I have complete respect for people mm. that do that. It's not an easy process no. physically, psychologically, emotionally, or any of those things. I yeah. salute you for your common sense. Now, let's bring you into this equation. <laughs> you think it is right. How do you identify? I'm a man. That's right. right. So, and know, gender? What are you? Uh, I'm a cisgendered man. What, what does, does that mean? Cis mean? So that means if you were, so you were born a woman, and therefore you still identify as a woman. So you're a cisgendered woman. I okay. would say. And that's what? because of my physical. That's because femaleness. You identify with how you what, were born what am originally. I? Well, I assume you're a cisgendered. I'm not man, a cis if, anything. If, man. I, if I may assume. I'm not so. a cis anything. Well, I'm just a, I'm just a man. Well, no, but you're a cisgendered man. No, I'm not because... a cisgendered anything. But hang on. What does if... cis mean? Well, that means that you were born the way that you identify no, now. No, I'm just born a man. But someone who transitions Why are you insisting on calling me something I'm not? Well, you can refer to yourself as just a man if, 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 if you like. But... I think most people identify as male or female, man or woman, right? That's right. The vast majority of people. But that doesn't mean that there aren't other people who identify differently. There, there are a hundred different genders on this BBC list, apparently. Mm-hmm. Right? One of them is two-spirit person, polygender. Pangender, neutroids, 
intergender. I have to gender, say, do you know what they mean? I have no idea what they mean, no. and I'm part. Right. Well, I'm luckily we have the world expert here. What is in any of this? <laughs> Look, I can't. Don't ask me to list off. What's a two-spirit person? I think that's someone who identifies with their, their native background into their gender. Do you not think right. this is just like a vibe that somebody's having? Like when you tick a list, male or female, doing your passport or something, mm. is this not just, this is just how they are? This is just a bit of a vibe. Do you know what apologender is? is? Uh, I, no. They're very so sorry actually, about even it. Even though you support what the BBC is doing. This, by the way, this is the public is broadcaster. What it is? No, I don't know. Oh, just on. Like... The public broadcaster paid for by mm. us with the licence fee is now instructing children there are a hundred genders they can identify as you have come to defend it and you don't know what half of these are but hang on piers ignorance isn't a defense you're the ignorant one and you're the one defending it well piers you're the one that doesn't know what it is as well of course i'm about to tell but, you do you know Apor what gender is a fairly new word stemming from the greek apor meaning separate apor gender is an umbrella term meaning a gender separate from male female and anything in between while still having a very strong and specific gendered feeling mm. that latter part is key then distinguishing it from agender is this how they're explaining it to well, children uh, by the way can you explain that to me what does that mean well that means that someone identifies differently to you and that's what is at the no, heart no 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 can you explain well, what apora gender is which it? is one of the hundred genders that kids now have to be what is it well how you know it's not it's not sort of a, it's not university challenge i've just I've told you on. what it is no but this is for children benjamin right. this is the this is why my problem with it when i, I was think a child it is university level yeah. For us to get our heads around a hundred different gender identities, mm. and I think Nicole makes a really good point. It actually is about personality. Yeah, isn't it? it's, it's just, just a... their thing. If I was sat in, I mean, I spent my whole childhood watching the animals of Farthing Wood. You know, I you're impressionable. You know, you've got to be careful. I but you did didn't think identify. I was a no, but I thought I was a squirrel. I thought I was going to grow up and be surrounded in a tree, surrounded by nuts. You know, Benjamin, I, what is neutroids? But, oh, come on. Are we going to go through all 100? Do you know any of them? I need to know No offence, you've no, no, no. national television to defend the BBC telling kids there are 100 genders. Mm. I'm now reading out a number of these 100 genders. A, you've never heard of them. Mm. B, you've no idea what they are. But C, you no. want to encourage Hang the on. BBC to instruct our kids that they should be one of these genders. But that isn't the point. The fact is... That, that is the point. The fact is that people identify in different ways. And when you get bogged down by the idea that children might know that they're different, that they might be helped to understand why they're different, that the teachers teaching them might be prepared with the apparatus to explain it to them. That is a good thing. A hundred different surely. Do you know what Neutroids is? You might find it strange and unusual, and we might not be able to answer what every one of the 100 is. So I'm going to go ahead and put that link in the description bar below, so you guys can go check it out if you want to. Uh, that, that's what happens with lunacy. Yeah, there is no ends to it. You're not using reason. You're not using logic. You're using your feelings. He's feeling some type of way. You know, even people within the LGBTQP community, they don't want to accept the pedophiles because they don't want that stuff attached to them. But this is how it goes with the hundred genders and your feelings and sexuality and all this stuff. That's where it goes. So very, very interesting. And just to kind of close stuff off, with this segment, or at least with with, uh, with this portion of this segment, I just kind of want to play this clip for you guys, where it says a device that can mass-produce human embryoids has been created by scientists. It's been a technique developed at the University of Michigan. It imitates stages in embryo development that occur shortly after implantation in the uterus. This is when the amniotic sac begins to form, and when the stem cells that would go on to become the fetus take the first steps towards organization in the body. 
the embryo-like or embryoid structures don't have the potential to develop beyond small colonies of cells. So basically, those 100 genders could actually be created. This microfluidity device, in fact, really provide the first human-relevant experimental system to peek into this black box and allow us to understand better post-implantation human development. University of Michigan researchers have developed a microfluidic platform that uses stem cells to reliably mimic an early part of human embryo development, giving scientists the ability to investigate the causes of infertility and other big questions in maternal and child health. Every time when we're thinking about such research, we want to justify why we are doing this. Do we have scientific questions in mind and why the systems we're generating are the best systems? answer those questions. It's pretty well known that over 50% of pregnancies fail in the first two weeks. There is clearly some uh, genetic reasons for this. There are some environmental reasons for this. But we don't really know what any of those reasons are. This device... True. And we've actually spoken about that as well uh, and how there are genetically modified children in Argentina due to Monsanto's uh, glyphosate roundup and the epigenetic uh, damage it's done to the reproductive system there. You have children being born with like three arms and it, it's, 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 it's crazy. Uh, it's, it's, it's sad to watch. But what I'm trying to say by this is accidentally they're turning us into these mutants and into these crazy creatures. Uh, we, had, we, we, we did an episode where we talked about the age of androgyny and that's exactly what this is with the polygenders, the 100 genders, the neutroids, all of this. Uh, they're trying to, as I said before at the start of the show, turn us into something that is akin to a beast. They're trying to turn us into the Baphomet, and everything we're talking about is to get us into that pathway, you see. And so, uh, to, to, to start to close out this episode, because I do want to try to play for you guys this video of California lawmakers passing a bill to allow free abortions at college, uh, to start... Closing this section out for you guys, this is something that people really need to start thinking about. Uh, these people are trying to take the future from us, and they are trying to manipulate the children in order to do so. Uh, but right here, I think this is a this this is so telling that it will be featured again in a later episode, just to go over it in depth. Right here, trans lobbying group pushes puberty blockers on children as young as twelve. As young as 12. Think about that. A, a transgender group called Mermaids says that children as young as 12 who question their gender should be offered puberty blocking medication. So you're, oh, you're, 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 you, little Timmy is thinking he's a little, little Jenny. Well, we'll make sure you give little Timmy those, es those, those hormone blockers, those puberty blockers. I remember reading, uh, an article from the Free Thought Project a few months ago about how they had how they were giving cross-sex hormones to children as young as eight, and now you have a trans lobbying group. Could be the could be the could be somebody from the LGBTQ community pushing puberty blockers on children. On children. Let's get into this. We put this up September 16th. It's from Tyler Durden of Zero Hedge. It says, In the latest example of transgender community advocates offering advice to schools and parents that doctors and health officials warn could be harmful to children if followed, an NGO in the UK is facing a backlash for telling teachers that so-called puberty blockers are harmless and should be given to children as young as 12 who are questioning their gender. 
According to RT, medical professionals have warned that this advice is disturbing and that the effects of puberty blockers can easily be revert can't be easily reversed without harming the child. The recommendations were made by a trans lobbying group, Mermaids, during a meeting with 20 teachers and support workers at Newman University in Birmingham. The group said that this treatment would be, quote, beneficial for the, chil- for the child because it would offer them, quote, immense relief while also being, quote, completely irreversible or completely reversible if they decide they don't want to pursue a transition. Though the meeting was held back in December, this recommendation first reported by the Times on Sunday. The critics worry that this advice is now part of a blueprint for future mermaids training sessions with teachers and school staff. Remember, guys, that it was that this is where it starts in the school. In California, they're, they're making it a, a law to begin to teach sex ed to, like, kindergartners. But continuing on, it says puberty blocker medication doesn't make any changes. The trainer said during the meeting. Instead, it simply puts, quote, a pause button on the pituitary gland and freezes puberty where it is at. The biological processes will recommence as soon as the treatment is stopped. This advice didn't sit well with one of the school support workers who attended the meeting. He taped the mermaid's training trainer delivering this advice and told the Times that he was concerned that the group was deliberately trying to convince children that they were, quote, born in the wrong body, quote, Putting, this is putting children at risk, he said. He isn't alone in harboring these concerns. Michael Biggs, an associate professor in sociology at the St. Cross College, Oxford, told the Times that this strategy is deliberately designed to push young children towards a medical transition. It's designed to do that. So this is what I mean by the satanic subversion. Just turning us into the beasts. Like, look at Desmond is amazing. Oh, there, there it is again. Another kid I can't talk about. I can't talk about Greta Thunberg, David Hogg, and Desmond is amazing. These are all children that are being put forth. <laughs> Might as well add Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez in there, too. These are all children, because she acts like a child. These are all children that are being put forth that we're going to have to deal with for the next 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. Heck, if they figure out this synthetic immortality stuff, we'll be dealing with them in cyberspace. You see, and the ramifications of it. So a hundred genders, these people are pushing, they're pushing for it. That's the crazy part. That's why they just put a plus at the end of it. That's why they got tired of cutting it off at like Baskin Robbins level with all of the different variations of it. They, they're, they're pushing for it. So if you have scientists at the University of, Embry, of, of, of Michigan creating uh, a device that can simulate em, em, embryos, I'm really trying to paint the picture for you guys of how they are turning us into beasts, the Baphomet. I mean, in the future, if you want to splice yourself, you're going to be able to do it. This is what I mean by us being the last normal humans, the last, the last people, the last born humans. You have a mother, you have a father, you, you have history, you have, you have a grandfather, you have a great grandfather, you have an ancestor as far back as history can remind you. But if we go if we go forward into this future where we have three parent babies, designer babies, where we become products, we become creatures. And I really think people should think about these things. We are teetering. And this is where I'm going to try to end the episode off at. Talk about this type of stuff right here. Lawmakers demand investigation after police find remains of 2,200 aborted babies in this abortionist's home. This is by uh, LifeNews.com. It's by Stephen Ertfeldt. They put this up September 16th, and then another one by the same man, Stephen Ertfeldt, two days before. It says, Abortion, abortionist dies, and police find remains of over 2,200 aborted babies in his home. Now, before I get into this, I want to play for you guys a quick clip 
of who the indiv- of who this person was, and you've probably seen him. That's the crazy part. You've probably seen Ulrich Klopper. You've seen him. And if you haven't, you're about to. So this is the guy that's got 2,200 aborted baby fetal remains in his house. Let's take a listen. Friends, I pray, sir, you got to repent, sir. You got to repent, sir, for murdering babies. Why? Because it's a sin before God. Why? Well, stinky breath. Yeah, Why? that's pretty. That's pretty evil of you, sir. Yeah, I am. And, and I hope and pray that you. Yeah. Well, that's what you do to babies, huh? Yeah. I love it. You love it, huh? Yeah, I do. Okay. I hope that you come to Christ, sir. Oh, I never go to Christ. I hope that you come to Christ. No, sir. I don't go to Christ. Yeah, you. I you, don't listen to Christ. You, you will have a darkened heart, sir. I do have a heart, darkened yeah. heart. Yeah. You have a darkened heart. I do. I do very, very much. And so. you will stand yeah. before God in judgment. Yes, day, I remember? will. Every day. You will stand before God in judgment. Yes, day, I remember? will. Every day. All of the babies that I you have killed. I love it. I love it. Yeah, keep tearing the babies. Yeah, apart. I will. Keep tearing the babies. I apart. will. Keep keep tearing the babies what? apart. Yeah, sir. The babies, their blood streams from the ground. Wow. I kind of just like want to replay that just to friends pray just to get it on record still man like think about this this dude literally ran up and he's just like no I don't gotta cry like I may I make that I do I do that voice as like a joke this guy just did it as like a defense mechanism he's like no I don't go to Christ yeah that's right I kill the babies uh-huh. like he he default went to this this is an abortion doctor a doctor and he's and he's carrying on in this behavior the last time we saw something like that was that like long-haired bearded mustaches guy in Texas who ripped up ba- who ripped up Ted Cruz signs he was like I hate Ted Cruz I hate Ted Cruz and the reason I'm using this voice is because they're pulling from something guys you really have to understand this isn't I I do it like as a joke to show you but these people they live in there so let's listen to this one more time sir you got to repent here. sir you got to repent sir for murdering babies why because it's a sin before God. Why? Well, stinky breath. Yeah, Why? that's pretty. That's pretty evil of you, sir. Yeah, I am. And, and I hope and pray that you. Yeah. Well, that's what you do to babies, huh? Yeah, I love it. You love it, huh? Yeah, I do. Okay, I hope that you come to Christ, sir. Oh, I never go to Christ. I hope that you come to Christ. No, sir. I don't go to Christ. Yeah, you. I you, don't listen to Christ. You, you will have a darkened heart, sir. I do have a heart, darkened yeah. heart. Yeah. You have a darkened heart. I do. I do very, very much. And so. you will stand yeah. before God in judgment. Yes, day, I remember? will. Every day. You will stand before God in judgment. Yes, day, I will. Every day. All of the babies that I you have killed. I love it. I love it. Yeah, keep tearing the babies. Yeah, apart. I will. Keep tearing the babies. I apart. will. Doctor, keep, keep tearing the babies yeah, apart. Yeah, sir. The babies, their blood streams from the ground. Is he just like that? He sw- he switched it off. He's like, oh, I have a phone call? Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you. So let's get back to this article real quick, and I'll close this stuff out for you guys. I knew whenever I posted this, I saw, I remembered seeing this guy's face somewhere. And I, I took a wild stab in the dark. I looked it up. His name, Ulrich Klopper, for sure. That's the guy who did it. So let's just read this real quick, and then we'll finish this off with California offering free abortions to people that go to college. Just more of that, again, satanic subversion. Uh, but it says Indiana legislators are demanding an investigation after police were alerted to the discovery of over 2,200 preserved aborted babies found in the home of abortionist Ulrich Klopfer after he died earlier this month. Police say 2,246 medically preserved remains of aborted babies were found on the property of Klopfer's home. 
Clopford died on September 3rd, and on September 12th, the Will County in Illinois coroner's office received a call from an attorney representing the family. They react. They reported finding fetal remains among Clopford's personal property and requested proper removal. Will County Sheriff's detectives, crime scene investigators, and representatives from the coroner's office went to the address and were directed to an area of the property where 2,246 medically preserved aborted babies were located. The coroner's office took possession of the remains. Now, four Indiana legislators are seeking, seeking an investigation to determine what happened and whether the aborted babies were illegally transported across state lines from, Crop, from Klopfer's Indiana-based abortion facility to his Illinois home. Quote, State Representative Ron Bacon and three fellow Republican lawmakers issued a statement Sunday saying that saying the Indiana Attorney General's office should investigate the abortion clinics in Allen Lake and St. Joseph's County, where Dr. Ulrich Klopfer's worked. AP reported, quote, the Attorney General's office hasn't, rep- hasn't, hasn't responded to a request for a comment Monday. The revelation of over 2,200 fetal remains being found on the property of Dr. Klopfer in Illinois is seriously disturbing. State Representative Ron Bacon uh, uh, said in a news release, quote, Since these remains were found in Illinois, we are very concerned there may be other remains in Indiana clinics where he performed abortions. So you, you, this is what I mean by abortuaries. This is what I mean by like the satanic people that are involved. You don't, you don't, you don't do this without being tied to something. Something's going on there. On a spiritual level, he was just, wow. That's like all I can say on so many levels why are you taking aborted tissue back home and I know people this is the sick society we live in today I know he can make a few thousand bucks selling selling these things but why would you even want to do that in the first place why would you want to debase like a human child like that like that's that's just it's it it really does make my soul quiver thinking that that people are out there like this like you you guys heard him you saw him he's not going to Christ yeah, I have a blackened heart. He knows he has a blackened heart. And he's happy with it. He's willing to show you. Yet these people, they, they engage in this stuff and they know it's wicked because it's all they understand. This is truly disgusting and dark to me. It's satanic. That's, that's, that's what this is called. That's why I'm telling you, satanic subversion is just that. If they can just corrupt the future, if they can just corrupt the children, they don't have to worry about a thing. Just give us your children so you can give us your future. And we're going to fill, this is a perfect example of it. Your children go to school because they want a future, right? Right here, California lawmakers passed a bill allowing free chemical abortions for college students. Two for one right there. Your child can have their entire college life taken from them and, and have their womb destroyed by these types of things. And I hate saying this stuff. I really do. But it's just like, this is, this is what I mean by the sick satanic society that we're living in. By the satanic subversion. But I, I digress. Let me play this and we'll, we'll begin to close this out for you good people. Joining us now is Students for Life spokesperson Christy Hamrick. Uh, Christy, what is your reaction to this new bill? Are you surprised it passed? We had hoped it wouldn't pass, and in fact, Students for Life has been very active in achieving uh, a blocking it over the last two times it came up. And Governor Brown's own um, veto of the measure showed the success of it, where we could document that there are abortion vendors with less, less than six miles from every California public school and university, all 34. So massive abortion access and even support, sadly enough, to transport students to and from abortion vendors. Uh, so at the time when the governor vetoed it, he said that the bill clearly was not necessary. 
And I think that's really interesting. Even abortion advocates in California are talking about how this is not necessary. Senate uh, Governor Newsom's own finance um, division just a couple weeks ago uh, strongly, strongly. Joining us now yeah. is Students uh, for Life spoke. It's not necessary. But that's why they want it anyway, because it is excessive. And they understand that if they put it out there, other people will take advantage of it. That's, that, that bill is supposed to be uh, implemented by 2023. And that's, what, four years from now? Can you imagine what we're looking, right, looking like now? you got Bernie Sanders out there saying abortion is good for climate change. got Melissa Milano talking about uh, 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 abortion like frenzies. Like, Think about this. Think about how the country just got whipped into a fervor earlier this year over the concept of abortion. All these people doing this stuff, it's just, it, it, it really does scare me. I'm not going to lie to you guys. This is what I mean by this suicide cannibalistic spirit that, that, that is taking over the country. This is what I mean by this cult of death. This is, not, this is not how you build a civilization. I'll say this and I'll close this out for you guys. On Fellowship and Freedom, our most recent episode, I had talked about how we are degenerating at an, at an exponential rate. We're not regenerating. We're not having those 2.5 kids to replace you and your girl. We're not talking about that. No, we're talking about abortion. We're talking about mental illness, depression, anxiety. We're talking about all the lower level spectrums of emotions. We're not using any of our higher mental, mental faculties. We're not connecting to the divine. We're not understanding that we have God-given rights. No, we're being told to submit, to obey, to give over. This is how you kill the soul. This is what I mean by the satanic subversion. This is what I mean by these people legitimately trying to control the future. And if we don't begin to take our own steps and create a better, if we, if we don't, if we do not, Take the time to create a, 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 a habitable future for everybody, regardless of whatever you're doing. We're going to end up eating ourselves. We're going to be like the Ouroboros where we just eat ourselves alive, where we eat our young. And that's all we're offering up. Our, this is this is all this is, is human sacrifice coming right back. This is modern day human sacrifice. You get the slow kill option or you get the quick and dirty. And that's where we're at these days. And I know people don't want to hear it, but that's what I mean by the spirit that is taking over this country and the world right now. And this is why people are either succumbing to the stress of it or they are strengthening their resolve and becoming stronger. This is generational conditioning, climate emergencies, and satanic subversion. pretty crazy world we're entering into yeah i kind of lose my mind trying to figure out how to tell you guys about it without sounding too crazy yeah unfortunately we didn't really do an instagram live this tuesday there's nothing to really point you guys in the direction of but as we leave i want you guys to understand that we have to make a stand and if we don't it's our future that will suffer from it nobody else is coming for us and that's why we have to fight for it However, gang, that's all I really have for you. If you have any questions, feel free to email me. I'll have it in the description bar below. And as always, guys and gals, stay vigilant. Expose lies and share truth. This is Noisera, Freedom Faction, out. <laughs>